Okay, we uh, are going to have some people joining us very shortly, but I guess I'll just uh, do a little bit of an introduction at this point, because I don't want to spend too much time belaboring it. Uh, so thank you very much for everybody joining us today. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Now you're going to get the cringe sensation of listening to me sing on air. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that at all. Uh, it is December 2020. Hey, look at that. It's the last month. Year just flew by, didn't it? Kind of. Not really. Well, I mean, it flew by. But, uh... More like a... More like a pack of geese hitting one of those, uh, uh plane, uh, turbines. Yeah. That kind of flew by. Uh, yeah. It's what it what feels like. But anyway, just check in on what we have for messages. Uh, let's see. Uh, it is indeed the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, get, got a little bit of a heads up from uh, Drunkle Paul. Fun thing is that that was actually what he had used for Thanksgiving, but it also works for Christmas and New Year's. These are from some very boozy times, the end of the year. Anyway, um, says that uh, I am sad, I cannot join, but I have lost power. Take a drink for me. Uh, I, I am very sad to say I actually don't have anything to drink right now. Not at all. So, yeah, having a bit of a existential crisis uh, that I don't have eggnog, or nog in general. Uh, and I am still very much alone. Hey, so anybody who might be joining us later or uh, seeing this stream, uh, I wanted to just let everybody know uh, that we, uh, we did not have an episode this last week. Uh, it was Thanksgiving and so we uh, we decided to take the week off, and now of course we're going to have the live episode uh, for the week that you're going to be listening to, and then uh, we're going to see what we can do for the rest of the year. Uh, the big thing that we're working on that I think Alex and I are going to probably be conversing about at some point is what we're going to do for a Christmas episode. If anybody has any ideas about what they might want to see for a Christmas episode, a special. We usually do one every year, and uh, this year I don't think there's any plans to do anything uh, different or divert from that at all. Don't know if we'll be doing the chalet, uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully we don't have to do Nathan's Home Alone special. I'm, I'm hoping that somebody will actually join us uh, for, <laughs> for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, it's more of an affair with, uh, some people. I, I don't know if we're going to have a ton of guests on. Um, that was something that I was considering at some point. It's, it's a weird year for that. And also, I, honest, honestly, most people are probably aware. I, I was not very good at getting guests on this year. It was a very different year. I started a new job, and... I'm still trying to figure out, you know, the ins and outs of everything. Um, I'm 
going to hopefully, uh, before the end of the year, in the next couple of weeks, I'm, I'm hoping, going to have a new computer set up uh, so that I'd be able to actually do streaming. Uh, obviously, the streaming thing hadn't really been working on my current rig. Uh, so, as yeah, there's just there's stuff around, and um, honest, honestly, if I'm being completely honest, since he's not here, Alex was always much better at actually lining up and getting guests on the show than I am. Um, I, I got some big gets, but it was really just literally just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, Alex is, is usually a lot better at doing that, but he's been busy too. So, uh, we've, uh, so we just didn't have that many guests on, uh, this year in, in general. Um, but, uh, you know, for a Christmas special, I don't know. We, we did the, you know, Bing Crosby kind of most wonderful time of the year, uh, sipping on eggnog, Hollywood dreams. <laughs> Uh, that one, and, uh, I always liked Home Alone, one of my favorite Christmas movies, so, hey, it was fun to play around with that last year. I kind of want to do, and maybe somebody can give me feedback on this, I'm sure one of our loyal, uh, listeners, either, uh, maybe Salt or Seagoat might have some, uh, thoughts on this. Kind of wanted to do a little bit of the, uh, the Christmas Carol. I, I kind of thought about doing Christmas Carol, uh, in in the in the vein of um, having uh, some of the folks that we usually talk to uh, inhabit roles of like Ghost of Christmas, Present, Past, uh, Future, uh, in the order that they're supposed to go in. Obviously, not the way I said, but uh, but my my thought was, hey, that could be fun. That could be interesting. I don't know how it would be. Mm done um i mean at least at least this year i think that i can honestly say maybe i can put more time and attention into actually doing a christmas special because unlike previous years i think i only really need to do the one christmas special the one holiday extravaganza at the peak like at my peak of creating stuff i was doing three um, a year, uh, for instance, in, what was it, was it 2017? I want to say it was, like, in 2017, I ended up doing, uh, one for Delve, and then I did another one for Orbital, and then I did another one for Rift Hunters, so that was three separate podcast productions that I put together for the holidays. Um, this last year, I did an Orbital, and I did a uh, delve, and then I also did uh, a video for attempting to play. So, yeah, I, I've been doing different things uh, for specials, but I'm probably not going to do anything for Orbital this year, and because I haven't yet, really, I, I didn't do much for it, and yeah, that's fine, I'll get back to it. Maybe in the new year when things calm down, uh, but I'm I, I'm I'm not going to be doing a, a holiday special for that. And um, if I do anything based into like Citanium Mine or the videos or something, it's probably going to be very simple, very straightforward, just a normal thing that I would normally do, but maybe with a little bit of a winter uh, holidayish theme to it. 
So if anybody has any ideas on what they might want to see for a holiday special, please let me know uh, because I might actually be able to take some time to do something about it this year. Uh, you know, maybe maybe throw a little bit more of my time and attention into it than I normally would uh, if I can, you know, limit some of the other projects that I've been doing. And um, I'm also interested in people's thoughts on that, if you're listening to this later, about uh, how many projects you can logistically do. I need to know. I need to know for my own edification and for the future. How many logistically can you do? Because I have had a very hard time pinpointing a number. There's a lot of things that I would like to do. Some projects that feel like they fell by the wayside. And a lot of times for pretty good reason. But I still feel like I should do them. And I don't really know how many things I'm supposed to do at any given time. Uh, if anyone is listening to this and it is uh, currently Saturday, December 5th. Uh, you will note that earlier in the day I actually did release a video. A video that I have feeling some people were hoping I would make. Uh, maybe not a huge component, and I have a feeling it was a little hard for people to find it because YouTube changed a bunch of things around, and because they changed a bunch of things around, it was harder for me to figure out how to put tags on the the, the thing or, you know, change around, uh, you know, suggested videos and everything. But I, I did one that was a follow-up to uh, different Borderlands that I did before. And um, is the worst way to play Borderlands 3. I think I finally found the worst way. Uh, without spoiling too much, just imagine uh, playing uh, Borderlands where you uh, can basically kill yourself instantly by shooting your gun. Yep. Pretty much the worst way to to play that game also in that vein another thing i'm looking for information if anybody's interested in weighing in on this james if you're out there maybe dc if you're listening to this later anyone who happens to be listening to this later um had a thought because i'm still trying to figure out what i want to do for videos but considering that seemed to take traction the last time I had a bad idea for a game, and I, uh, I did enjoy figuring out an even worse way to play that particular game, maybe just because I was playing so much Borderlands 3, I had this idea of seeing if I could actually get a video series together, and the, and the videos would just be about the worst way to play a game. Just see if I can figure out the worst possible iteration of how to play a game because I've, I've thought about that in certain games um what, what is what is the least optimized way to play this everyone's always talking about the best ways to play games everyone's always trying to figure out what the what the most the the, the most streamlined how do you exploit it you know uh how to exploit games how to make them easier how to how to game the game, how to optimize your characters. And, and a part of me was like, yeah, but nobody's doing the opposite part of that. I don't know if anyone is doing the idea of, uh, yeah, 
How do you not do that? How do you make the least optimized character? Are there any actual exploits or glitches that actually make things worse for you and not better? That's always an interesting one. I'm sure there are. I'm positive there are. Recently, I've been playing a lot of uh, Wasteland 3. Up until yesterday, uh, I was playing for a bit, and um, I, I realized a few things. Like, for instance, while it's really great to try and figure out how many animals, uh, companions, you can have around you, see if you can get your animal whisperer up, and there's a bunch of exploits, actually, with the skill books uh, that you can utilize there. What I found is that it it's also kind of a, a terrible idea, because if you get enough of your, like, NPC companions, which you don't, you don't actually control, they're just AI controlled, what happens is when you get into combat, uh, most of your characters, depending on how open the space is, have very limited ability to move because of all of the other NPC characters that are around. And I, I found that that was surprising how difficult it was. If you're in a doorway, uh, you I had times where I couldn't even move my characters into the room because I have, like, all of my various cats and dogs and rabbits are in the way. Are in the way. What am I supposed to do? Ah, uh, man. I, I, I know. Post-apocalypse problems. Uh, let me just make sure that I send a thing out on stream. Hello to all, all the delvers out there. There we go. Alright. So, still waiting on folks. But that's okay, because uh, I wanted to get people's thoughts on something else. Again, more future planning. Uh, I am going to see if I can pull it up here, because um, trying to figure out if I can... I want to share it so that people ha can see it. Um, but I was scrolling through Twitter earlier... And, um, no, please don't, don't turn this off yet. Uh, no, just don't. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter and happened to come across, uh, something from a friend of the show, Craig Campbell. And I'll actually just search for Craig here because I want to bring up something he was showing me about Kickstarter. I'm interested about this uh, for many reasons, but uh, the Kickstarter that he was talking about it wasn't it wasn't about a Kickstarter that he was running. I know that that's typically what would happen, um, and. Uh, uh, it's not actually one from him. What it is, is, uh, 
something that they're actually doing on Kickstarter, and it's called um, it, it's called a Kickstart 100. And if I can find it here, oh, of course I'm not going to be able to pull it up right now. Oh, you know what? I'll just go on to Kickstarter. Okay, so going on to Kickstarter. Um, I had not heard about this, but this is apparently something that they do every January over on Kickstarter. And um, it's the Make 100 Challenge. Uh, here, they have a banner for it. Terrific. The Make 100 Challenge is basically... I'll see if I can find... Well, first of all... I could probably just link it so that everybody can see it. Because I... If you are not familiar with it. I'll just put it there. Uh, and... This is a, a neat little idea that they have to do small projects. And uh, the way those small projects work is basically can you come up with uh, something that's just a just a little campaign small campaign uh, that you want to try something out with that has 100 uh, backers that is is limited to 100 backers and uh, if you want to participate in it they're doing it particularly during during this time in January and uh, looking for small creators that can that can participate in it and Craig was actually discussing it because he was like well I'd like to participate in it I just don't know what I would make and I uh, I understand that I, I kept thinking to him well if it has something to do with otters can't go wrong there as long as it has something to do with otters uh, <laughs> so I, I would uh, hope that uh, people could get into the spirit of that, but I, I was not familiar with this beforehand, and I was uh, very interested in uh, what people might think about it. Uh, so, I'm just going to go, go on back, and, uh, and we have DC uh, raiding with a party of two. Hello, party of two, and uh, DC joining shortly. This is good. Uh, DC can join us shortly, and he has brought some friends along, which is good. Uh, in case anyone is just joining us, want to just tell you, uh, yeah. So I'm interested in people's thoughts on Make 100, and uh, if anybody has any suggestions, uh, not for me because I'm not doing anything on it. I I don't understand Kickstarter, but Craig was interested in it, and uh, it got me to thinking about the idea of doing small campaigns, and um, I. Uh, I was just interested in people's people's thoughts on that. Not something I was familiar with, but apparently they've been doing it for years, and so I'm I'm happy to to learn about all of that. Uh, welcome everyone. Yes, yes. Hello. 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 I know me typing is really great for the audio. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Uh, some of the suggestions, I'm trying to think of if I, there was a thing where I could actually tell you what some of the suggestions were, but depending on what you're doing, if you're doing comics, if you do uh, games, maybe you, you're offering a limited 
uh, edition PDF that's like a small campaign thing. Uh, maybe if you, you do comics, maybe it's, it's a limited run of a, a small short comic, something like that. But the idea of just getting out there and doing this short campaign that only has 100 backers, once you're at 100 backers, boom, you're out, you're done. Uh, and so this would be the kind of thing that Kickstarter would be able to really promote better for individuals and uh, get a lot of small creators in on it. And so uh, a few things that I'm looking at, little past 100 projects like uh, heirloom editions of Shakespeare's sonnets, um, Tiny Type Museum and Time Capsule, um, Inks and Paints of the Middle East, uh, go on the go. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever played Go. I know it's one of the oldest games in the world. Uh, but I, me personally, never, never really. I, I don't think I understand how to play Go. I, uh, I have yet to understand how to play Go. I know it is far more involved than uh, than it might look. And uh, so maybe that's why I haven't been able to play it. That or I don't have anyone around who knows how to play it. Or would want to play it with me. Um, Witch Kit from Japan. Uh, they have uh, the Krampus Night Before Christmas. Oh, that would be a great idea for a Christmas special. Krampus Night Before Christmas. Okay, putting it on the list. For potential ideas here. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Illustrated London. Secret maps. Ooh, secret maps and postcard sets. Space crew enameled pins. A lot of nice little ideas. Where they know that they're only going to be making a hundred of something. And so they, they take the opportunity to do it. At a time when Kickstarter is able to actually, you know, um, do some promotion on it, so uh, really interested in that. I'm I'm interested to see if uh, Craig or anybody else that we know is going to be participating in it. I certainly hope that if they do, they let me know. If if you are one of the small creators that is going to be participating in the Make 100 challenge on Kickstarter in January, please let us know. And actually, if you are on this channel. And you're, you're, you know, part of our uh, Discord. Please let me know in uh, promotions because I'd like to know if anybody here is uh, taking advantage of that. Um, I think, without me even hearing a little beep, DC has has infiltrated. Um, hello, hello, DC. How are you this fine evening? Doing good. Good. I see that you were playing that uh, the it it was well it used to be called Gods and Monsters which was an awesome name, but they changed it to uh, Immortals, right? The uh, yes, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, where you play Phoenix. That makes sense. I yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh. I was very interested in that. I'm always interested in when Ubisoft does some uh, original series, like some new IPs. Um, looked real good. Looked like their take on Zelda in some in some ways. A little Breath of the Wild-y. Uh, oh, it, it's very inspired by Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it's all mythology-based, 
right? Yeah, it's all based on Greek myth, and your narrators throughout as you do things are Zeus and Prometheus, and it's hilarious. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just get this, uh, like, uh, big conversation in the sky with Zeus and Prometheus talking over Well, they, they narrate as you go through. the Part of the opening is... Uh, Oh, I forgot the name of the demon, but you see the demon, he's trapped some of the gods. Zeus visits Prometheus. He has, a co of course, Prometheus being the person that stole the fire and gave fire to man, but got punished for it. Mm -hmm. So we see uh, Prometheus's punishment in this game is him being chained in, on a snowy mountain, and it's just cold, and he's there forever. But Zeus appears, and uh, they start talking, and... They're they're very funny, and they make a bet. Prometheus says, "If I if a mortal champion frees the other gods and wins the day, giving them fire was the correct move, and you free me from this place. Hmm. If not, I will join you on your on your quest to go fight the big demon god thing." Hmm. Hmm. And so. Uh, and then the game kind of focuses on you during a shipwreck, and you get up, and then as you travel through, they make commentary, and it just appears on the screen. Like, we hear it as the audience. Your character doesn't, but we hear all this commentary as you're going about doing things and finding things, and it, they've done a really good job with the writing. Oh, very that's funny. Good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, um... When it comes to storyline, Ubisoft is kind of hit or miss. But when they hit, they usually hit real well. So they usually hit real good. Um, so that that's good. It That was one that I had been looking forward to for a really long time because I kind of like the idea of doing the Ubisoft open world concept. But with like a, a mythological uh, theme and, and gameplay to it. So um, uh, is it good overall? Are you enjoying it? So far, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm just starting to get all the powers now that, mm. that you need for the start of the game. Mm. It's like, go here, go here. Oh, you're not ready for this area yet. I'm like, oh, oh. okay, <laughs> I guess I'll go do the thing and not try to grab that chest right now. Right. <laughs> but right. I could still try it if I wanted to. Yeah. There's just a notice in the game saying, yeah, you can do this, but you'll probably die here. Um, right. Are I mean, it doesn't quite, which... I would have enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Are there? Uh, is it like a, a lot of times when I I play Ubisoft games, they have that whole thing where there are certain sections of the map that have certain kind of like level requirements, or you know, uh, power requirements, and so they ask you to come back when you've gotten to be a higher level. Is is it laid out like that in Immortals? Uh, no, there's not exactly levels. I mean, you can get more health and more stamina. As you go through, because you can climb anything, go anywhere. Uh, and then like Assassin's Creed, and they kind of mashed up an Assassin's Creed idea and the Zelda idea. You climb a high, very high thing, mm -hmm. and it uh, it removes the fog of war around the map. So it's right. like going up the Sheikah Towers in uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there, it to would... reveal the map. It wouldn't be a Ubisoft game if there wasn't something tall to climb so that you could reveal sections of the <laughs> right. map. It really, I would have felt very cheated if you told me that there wasn't a tower to climb. 
<laughs> or that there wasn't a stronghold to take over or <laughs> like there's certain things I just right. I I insist that the, or a ton of stuff to collect. Oh, is there crafting? Is there any crafting? There is. I haven't yeah. I've gotten stuff to craft. <laughs> okay. But I haven't been able to craft anything yet because the game hasn't unlocked that part for me yet. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. That's something to kind of tide you over in the future <laughs> is when you get to <laughs> right? the crafting system. Yeah. No, it's just, it's stuff. I've played so many of these. It's like, I just, back of my head, it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> I bet I know what. <laughs> I bet there's a bunch of challenges you're supposed to go through that are kind of like the, the, the world challenges, too. That's probably a thing. Um, you have to hunt. Well, like in. Breath of the Wild, there's sort of the shrine challenges thing mm. happening here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you uh, you dive into these pits that kind of lead to the underworld, and you're in a little section of the underworld that's a little maze and puzzle, and you solve the puzzle and you get the power and things like that once you solve it. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, out of curiosity, this, this actually matters to me specifically. Uh, do you go underwater? Is there underwater areas or combat that you know about? Uh, you you cut out for me a little bit there. You asked oh. me if there was underwater areas. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, you can swim and you can dive underwater. Okay. And how long you can swim across things or underwater is, like in Breath of the Wild, directly related to your stamina bar. Okay. Do I have to fight things when I am in the water? I haven't had to yet. Okay. Well, that's a plus. I don't know if I, I can fight anything in the water yet. Right. Because there hasn't really been, you know, enemies to attack in the water. I just, I found a treasure chest in a, you know, a house that had, in a region that had flooded over. And I'm like, oh, neat, chest, yay. Yeah, And it gave me a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I guess you'll tell me what to do with all this later. And <laughs> then I go on my merry way. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I only say that because uh, there seems to be a, a thing. Once they got into the open world concepts for most of their games, they had this thought that, hey, I, we should definitely do underwater combat all the time when, when I don't like it at all. And so, so, so I keep saying like Far Cry Five is one of the best games because there's no underwater combat. You just go, nice. you, can, you can dive into the lakes and you can find stuff in the lakes, but there's no like fish that are gonna come and, and start chomping on you or whatever uh, that you can't deal with anyway. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, well, I mean, most games that involve swimming that. Aren't, the main theme isn't you underwater. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's kind of the worst portion of the game. Oh, it is. Underwater sections of games are horrible anyway. <laughs> like, um, but then the funny thing, then then new, what was it? New order, oh, or something new, new something. Uh, but anyway, the follow up essentially they did for Far Cry Five. Uh, they they brought it back. They brought demon fish into the irradiated version of Hope County. <laughs> and it's like, why? <laughs> right. Why? Why did we do this, guys? <laughs> Nobody wanted this. 
nobody wanted this. And then uh, on some of the ex- <laughs> some of the extradition missions that you do, that it's like we brought sharks back too. It's like God damn you! I don't want sharks <laughs> in my game. <laughs> the, the, you brought it back. I didn't ask you to bring it back. Don't do this to me. Um, but, <laughs> no, but yeah, no. I always every time they're like, oh, and we have underwater combat mechanic. Why? Don't do Why? that unless <laughs> unless you're like Subnautica and that's the root of your game. Do not do that. Do not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. It's just annoying. I have to say, swimming so far has felt good. You know, the the controls were okay. You you get the problem of which most games do when you have an underwater thing. The the camera going weird on you when yep. you try to dive and things. Yeah. So you get that, um, but. It, it it feels good. It... It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad that it... I mean, it looked really good. I thought the art style, from what I could see, was, was really pretty. They had done a nice oh, job. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a... Uh, it's nice. It reminded me a little bit of an older Ubisoft game, Beyond Good and Evil, because that also had like a semi-cell shaded, more cartoonish look to it. And I, w- I was like, oh yeah, no, that was that was a beautiful game too. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the same branch that that did this one, but um, but that was a really great game too. Um, now I do have to ask you because I I don't think before you did this one in Valhalla. Had you played many Ubisoft games at all? No, I surprisingly had played no Ubisoft games before, and not because I was purposely avoiding them in any mm-hmm. way. I just had never played them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of yeah. the, I think it's one of those things where people either end up going down that wormhole, <laughs> you you go down the rabbit hole, or you just avoid it altogether. Um, but. Having played uh, some of Immortals and having played, it was it, Valhalla was the other one that you had played, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, which one of those did you find more enjoyable in general, or have you found more enjoyable? Oh, that's that's hard because uh, mm. they both kind of do a little something different for me. And both yeah. pretty good. Uh, I think I think right now I'm enjoying Phoenix rising a little more but that could be because it's a lot like breath of the wild and breath of the wild is one of my favorite games that's true so yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) no that's a fair answer that's a fair answer i i have a feeling i have not gotten the chance to play either of them or watchdogs legion which i had also heard some some pretty good things about um I had I had not gotten a chance to play that, but I kind of feel like I'll, i'll enjoy immortals more than the other even though i'm familiar with the other series I, mm-hmm. I I just I just I like the idea of being able to play a, an original IP. I get the strange sensation that like even though Watch Dogs Legion is doing some neat stuff, it, it's going to feel very similar in a lot of ways to previous Watch Dogs I played, and I I can already see Valhalla is going to be like oh this is this is Origins and Odyssey, but it's the next one. I can already I can already tell it's like. Yep, I played Origins, I played Odyssey, and there's here's another one. I got I got the Valhalla. First now. play the yeah uh, previous 
uh, uh, Assassin's Creed game. So I, I kind of knew what was about when I was getting into Valhalla. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I understand climbing the thing and the map. And, oh, I have bird friend. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, the, there are certain trappings to the game that you get used to yeah. in the series. <laughs> um, it's still, in the modern day, is it still Layla that's part of the storyline? Is it uh, Layla Hassan? That's the um, the modern. Yes, okay. I did run into some real world yes. things a, a couple of times. I again, I haven't. I kind of put Valhalla on pause for other things. So I haven't played all the way through, but yeah, I mm -hmm. believe that's the name used by the protagonist. There was a lot of there's a lot of lore dumps, and so it may have made way, way more sense to someone who's played pre the previous Assassin's Creed. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure. I'm sure it would. Coming into it cold with the larger lore. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The the uh, it yeah. If you're coming into it cold and this is the first Assassin's Creed game that you've played, you'll you'll be able to wrap your head around the base the main storyline. But the, there's there's this big back lore from this series about uh, Abstergo and the Animus and the, and what's going on with the Templar and everything. That's um, yeah, it's a lot to take in if you just started. <laughs> if you just started, yeah, right. yeah. Some of those bits were easy enough to pick up on. Okay, Templars long lived, and you got a you're kind of eternally fighting this organization throughout time through these things and you gotta find different things because that somehow helped you save the world and I'm like okay yeah. I get that um, yeah the the first civilization and the artifacts of Eden and how and that the Templar and the assassins are continuously trying to get these pieces because they're powerful objects that they think they can use to control the world or stop the control of the world and um yeah, there's there, there's a lot of that going on behind the scenes. Um, but you really don't need to know all of that to enjoy the game. It's why yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, it, it's it's mostly... Play through the entire previous game, I probably would have understood more of this, but it seems perfectly fine that I don't. Yeah, you're not going to... Unless you really want to get into the very, very detailed, like the the kind of convoluted, honestly, lore, <laughs> um, it's it's one of those things where Dan Brown couldn't have even thought this convoluted story. Like, that. <laughs> like, like, like there's like you told him how this works, he'd be like, "Wow, I need to write another Angels and Demons. I gotta write something to get all of these ideas in here." Oh my goodness. Um, all the way through time, really, you know what to say, okay, oh, the Borgias were part of this, oh, man, I gotta go back, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, of lore for the overall series that is interesting, but you don't really need to know about it, that's, I think, why they more and more focus on the actual historic figures that you're playing, and not so much the present day part that's just supposed to link everything together, um, the, uh, the the lore though that I find interesting though in uh, for Ubisoft at least is that actually a lot of their series they kind of tried to connect together um, through through some of those lore dumps uh, like for instance 
in uh, Assassin's Creed, there's actually a real world connection there to uh, Watch Dogs because one of the characters that they talk about in Assassin's Creed, you can see what happened when the protagonist in the first Watch Dogs actually found them and killed them in Chicago. Uh, so actually, so, so <laughs> nice. Assassin's Creed takes place in the same world as Watch Dogs does. Uh, and then, and, and they go further and further. Splinter Cell is also part of Ghost Recon. And, and so they kind of keep, uh, you know, uh, putting all of these together into a connected universe, uh, in, in a lot of ways. Um, there's literally like Rayman figures that you find in Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> So they so they have this fun thing where they just try to keep taking a lot of their property. And I think actually Far Cry is supposed to take place in the same. They like did another thing where there are like vi- records and audio clips in one of the games that links it to the other game series. They just wanted to make sure everything's in the same world apparently. <laughs> <I just laughs> the Uber Ubisoft the, universe. The, the Ubiverse. <laughs> the Ubiverse. There you go, the Ubiverse. Um, yeah, yeah U- Ubisoft, uh, you know, uh, they have a formula. It seems to work pretty well for them. Um, <laughs> it it could feel a little grindy at a certain point, depending on how big they've made it. But if you really enjoy playing it, there is plenty of content. Because I think they said that Valhalla is actually longer than the previous two games were. And uh, I know that I spent about 90 hours playing Odyssey, and I haven't even seen all the islands. So, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't even do the underwater parts because there are sharks in the water, and I'm not getting <laughs> right. in the water. So there, so there was like a whole other thing that they did that was about Atlantis... The fate of Atlantis, yeah, didn't play any of that. I'm sure. <laughs> and then I'd have to go underwater. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, so, so yeah, there's tons of content. And apparently, Valhalla is is even longer. <laughs> Just to get up to the point where you can get to a power level for the for the last areas, um, will take you f- fifty hours or so. <laughs> 50 60 wow. hours something to get to the 320 power level you need to get to the most uh, difficult areas although they they did say that you can go to those areas and you won't have too much trouble even if you're underpowered uh but uh technically technically the game says that you have to be that far in so uh yeah i <laughs> I don't know. There is a case to be made for Ubisoft. Hey, Ubisoft, maybe don't make your games quite so large. <laughs> maybe not so long. <laughs> I'm I'm perfectly fine. If you make a game that's like 30, 40 hours, I'm good. I'll I'll be good with that. I don't need to I don't need you to make a game that is supposed to be played for 90, 100 hours if most of what I'm doing is just looking for resources. Because <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at only playing really long games if I stream them because that way I have content constantly. Yes. But otherwise, on my own, I'm probably gonna only play it a little bit and not not as long because mm-hmm. I got to do other things with my day, right? Right, <laughs> so. right, exactly. There's only so many hours in the day for that kind of thing. Um, 
kind of why I'm hoping that my computer comes in uh, so that I can play uh, Cyberpunk, because I was thinking Cyberpunk would actually be a good one to stream when it comes out. Um, that would obviously be uh, a good one, and that's probably going to be a fairly lengthy game anyway. It's if if um, CD Projekt has taught me anything about their games, um, it's it's the kind of game that I'd want to stream because uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if I can do. Once upon a time, I was perfectly fine with you know playing on my lonesome a hundred hour games. Uh, now I, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's just get to the, <laughs> let's just get... <laughs> right. <laughs> now for some reason, as I, as I get older, I'm like, yeah, I just, I just don't want to do this for a hundred hours. Could we, could we shorten <laughs> this up? I've had too many times this year where it's like the game keeps going and going and I'm like, yeah, can we wrap, can we wrap? I want to get to the end of this so that I can go play something else. I <laughs> just, uh, Maybe I'm restless. I, I don't know, um, but uh, but yeah. So so Ubisoft games uh, probably taken a little bit of a backseat. I tried playing. What was I? Tr I tried playing Division Two twice. I played. I tried playing Division Two twice, and um, I I I kept falling asleep while I was playing it. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, there's there's a certain point where it's. If I'm falling asleep during a game, it's likely going to be the... I'm probably not going to play it very long. <laughs> I, yeah, I I, uh, I watched some uh, friend streamers stream Division 2, and doing a, a squad mode looked like a lot of fun, but maybe the single-player experience just isn't all that great. <laughs> so. I mean, what I can, what I can say about Division 2... It is definitely built with the intent of being more multiplayer focused, which I, I understand. If you're playing in multiplayer, and so I'm sure you have a little bit better time with it, um, it's definitely better than the first one. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I, it's mostly there's 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 just a lot of um, periods in the game that feel very. Um, just mundane at least that was my experience with it is that oh hey we ran across these roaming gangs and they want to take this supply crate and i need to s secure the supply crate so okay uh i guess i have this drone and i have a mobile turret and i don't know why i even have any other abilities because those are the only two i was going to use anyway <laughs> I don't. Here's here's like an energy blast that no, I'm gonna take the robot that flies and shoots, and the turret that sits on a car and shoots. Those are the two things I'm taking. Um, I don't know why you're even telling me about anything else for gadgets. Um, so I put those out, and I find a place where I can like get behind a, a chest high wall, and I try to to shoot them before they can get to the crate, and then I get a goodie in the crate and go down the street oh hey there are guys taking somebody hostage now you gotta free the <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll go do that here's here's another three things that just popped up on your list you want to go take care of those all right i guess <laughs> i'll just go do those there's just a, a certain point where i'm like i don't even know what my purpose is to this game i'm just randomly going around taking care of stuff 
that happens in the game world. Um, but I can see where the raids and everything would be interesting if you were playing with people. I think that that's a, that, that's a big thing. But from a single-player aspect where you're just heading around, it, it, it feels a little bit sparse, Division 2. So if you're going to play Division 2, play it with people. I think that's probably a good mark uh, to, to make. Um, so that's, that's good. Now, are those the only two games that you've been streaming recently? Uh, no, I went through uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, and ah. I even made a review for it after I beat the thing. So, Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, uh, real quick, is, that, is it a yay or a nay? Oh, it's a yay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I had never played a Dynasty Warriors-style game before either. So, oh yes. Uh, now if I now if I try any other ones because this one was pretty good. You <laughs> the, have a benchmark. The previous ones, <laughs> yeah, I got I got I got my benchmark. So the previous ones might not seem so great, but maybe they're really good. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't uh, I don't know. Yeah, but it it's a really fun game, and right off it's a prequel to Breath of the Wild, as you know, and. Um, Right off the bat, one of the very first things that happens is something changes the timeline that happened 100 years ago when Calamity Ganon took over. There's an event, opening cutscene, small little thing happens, but suddenly you're dealing with a different timeline and you have no idea how it will affect the rest of this time period that happened before Breath of the Wild. So Yeah, yeah. Um I the the thing that really bothers me more than anything not having a Nintendo Switch is mostly playing the Zelda. So, uh and not getting to to play all of those Zelda games. So, um there was the other one that came out earlier, was it earlier this year or was it last year? Was it Link's Awakening? The one that um Oh yeah, that was a remake of Yeah, that um... was the the remake. The Link's Awakening, but yeah, they, it, they made it with the 3D graphics, and it was still the overhead view. Um, yeah, yeah, that looked fun. Because I played the original one, when I think it was for Game Boy. Oh, yeah. And I played that, and I got through it, and so I, I'm having, you know, I, I think that's the one with the giant whale thing. And mm. uh, that that game was really a lot of fun, and I really like the style of the new one, so oh, yeah. that might be a it's a zelda game and i'm gonna play zelda games exactly you play zelda games because they're zelda games um i i have that usually <laughs> right the, the 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 thing about it is is that i the last the last uh nintendo console i had was uh, a wii and so and i didn't even play skyward score on, on that one, I guess I was I kind of checked out for Skyward Sword, but usually uh, I will get the Nintendo console mostly so that I can play uh, the the Zelda, the the Mario, and and the Metroid. The Metroid is kind mm -hmm. of the one that I definitely want to play, and there's going to be another Metroid, so I'm very excited about that. And Retro Studios is back doing it, so I'm also excited about that. <laughs> Yay. 
they're the ones that did uh, the original Metroid Primes. Okay, cool. So they... And it's very funny because the story about it this time is very similar to the last one. When they originally did Metroid Prime, um, there was uh, there was another studio that was that was working on it, and uh, apparently they were they they had a very interesting idea on how to do like the the third person view. They were going to do it all in third person, and um, Shigeru Miyamoto came by the studio, at least this might be apocryphal, but this is the story I had always heard. Shigeru Miyamoto, the man himself, came by and said, I, I don't really like how this is coming along. And uh, after they heard that, Nintendo was like, okay, scrap the whole thing. We're going to give it to a new studio and we're going to start from scratch. And the studio that they gave it to was Retro and uh, Retro ended up making Metroid Prime and figuring out how you do first person behind the visor for Samus and how she rolls up into a ball to do that, to transition into third person and all of that. And people loved it and it was great. And they kept doing it for the other prime series. So then when they said, well, we're going to have to come back and do some more Metroid for this console generation, they had a different studio that was doing it. And uh, again, Nintendo looked at it and was like, no, don't like it. Scrap the whole thing. Bring Retro back in. Have them, have them do it again. So Retro's back doing it again, doing another Metroid. Back in action. I just, I just love this. I, I love Nintendo because it's like, it's like literally it's like, yeah, I don't care how far along in the process you are. We don't like it. Screw it. We're, we're going to get our studio in. <laughs> They're going to do it now. That's how it is. And and then all of a sudden, Retro's back in business. So <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, but uh, they did they did such a good job with the originals. I'm looking forward to I guess I, this might actually be like Prime 4 or Prime 5. I don't know what number it will be, but... Um, which is good, getting back in action. Those were some of the best games for the console, too. Uh, but I did also want to play Odyssey. I haven't gotten a chance to play Odyssey because I don't have the Switch. And that looked like a ton of fun. And I like my Mario. Uh, oh, Mario Odyssey, right, yeah. Yeah, Mario Odyssey. I, yeah. I don't have that title yet. I've played it briefly at a friend's house, and that was it was pretty fun what I played, so... You get to be a Tyrannosaurus for a part of that. Yeah. That's pretty great. And I love, I like New Dunk City. <laughs> Every time I see New Dunk City, I'm like, yeah, I want to play that level immediately. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love that they came up with that idea. Um, yeah, no, Mar Mario is always fun, and, and I, I like Zelda a lot, and, and then Metroid. <laughs> Metroid. Um, but there are, there are Nintendo series that fell by the wayside, and that I don't see them, like F-Zero. F-Zero was really great. Haven't seen a title mm -hmm. in that series for a really long time. Star Fox is kind of hit or miss. <laughs> they, they, they've done Star Fox 64. They also did Star Fox Zero. So it's kind of a hit or miss series. Right. And they did the Star Fox Adventures. Oh, Star Fox Adventures. That was great. That was like, that was like, um, they said, hey, how about we do Zelda, but it's Fox McCloud. 
and he's not in uh, he's he's not in the R wing anymore. He's on the ground, and we give him a magical staff. <laughs> and, and, the, and the sad and the really scary thing is it so worked <laughs> it just it worked real well and it was so much fun and they still gave you the R wing sections in between when you were like going to different areas they still did that but just a fascinating fascinating title um but it went, okay, so that's good. So we got the Hyrule Warriors, and then we got a couple of Ubisoft games that, that are smattered in there. But yes, word of warning, uh, if you are thinking about you know how long you're going to be playing that, uh, technically, you will probably be able to play that forever. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> either Valhalla or Immortals, I'm going to guess. It's going to be a very long experience if you want it to be. Um, so... That might be good. That might be bad. For stream, that means that you'll have content for years. You're all set. Yeah. yeah. So there's <laughs> there's something. <clears throat> Do you imagine, uh, because I, I haven't gotten to the, I don't have my new fancy computer quite yet because they're still building it right now. Um, so I don't, I'm not like in the streaming game right now, but... Uh, do you think that possibly later in the month, maybe when like a cyberpunk or any of those come out, will you switch over and play something different on stream? Or are you going to stick with Immortals? Uh, right now I'm having fun with Immortals. There's a couple other more indie titles coming out I want to try. And if those are kind of fun, we may... Because Immortals going to be there, right? And it's going to be long and I can kind of go back to it. But indie games that are a little shorter might be fun to kind of do in between to break break things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. I really would like to see uh, more streamers focus on some of the, the small indie titles just to be able to play them and, and bring more exposure to them. I've, uh, like, this year alone, I think that some of my favorite games were actually indie titles. Uh, smaller games that are just, I, I just found them more interesting I, I really liked spirit fairer i really liked wasteland 3 um you know there's there's just games that i i find you know apart from the AAA studios are just really great and hidden gems and i think people would really enjoy them if they were were exposed to them a little bit more but it, it is kind of hard to not want to play the AAA blockbuster games too right um you know it's it you know you say oh there's there's a cyberpunk on the horizon and it's like well yeah i've been waiting for it for seven years <laughs> of course i'm gonna want to play it at some <laughs> point. i i think it's yeah and if you tell me a game is zelda or zelda like or now even breath of the wild like i'm probably gonna play it so yeah uh, <laughs> yeah uh, this is basically breath of the wild okay i'm sold just i'm sold immediately um, I, uh, I, I think it, it's funny because people have been like really jazzed about Cyberpunk 2077 for the last two years or so. Um, and I'm thinking, welcome to the party. I've been looking forward to this since they showed a trailer for it back in like 2014 or 2015. Wow. 
it's like this has been a long process for me <laughs> to get to here. Uh, this has been a while for me um, because they, they, I mean, CD Projekt has long development cycles, which is fine. I'm really happy that they they take the time. Um, but right around the time like Witcher Three came out, people were like, "Ooh, I wonder what their next game is." No, don't worry, they already released a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know when it's coming out eh, someday, some year. <laughs> um, but uh, but that's good. Ooh, immortals! Do you get to fly in immortals? I thought I saw you had wings. Yes, I just got the wings. Um, at first, you get broken wings, so you kind of do a double jump, and then I just got the complete wings, <clears throat> so now I can fly. It's essentially the hang glider from Breath of the Wild, <laughs> um, right? But, because you even there, I just did a puzzle before I came on where you take air currents that lift you up more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> when they give you the broken so, wings, okay. They give you the broken wings. Yeah, w- 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 but, uh, do they do they sing "Take These Broken Wings" when they give them no. To you? No, because once you fix the broken wings, you don't need to have anyone take them from you because they're fixed. Mm. And they work, right? That's fair. Okay. So who can you give them to, really, once they work and they're your own and, you know, you ruined the whole reason for that song. Your wings aren't broken. Uh, (laughs) And you learn to fly again. You learn to live so free. Yeah. That's what you get to do. Perfect. Uh, I have to say, out of indie games I'm looking forward to, and this one just came out. It's called El Hio, a Wild West tale. Oh, okay. I don't think I know that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it came across my radar uh, last month before it released. I'll post about it here. Yeah. There's I... a main page, but it's a, it's a nonviolent stealth game. Uh, you play the little kid there, and yeah. you go through it, and it looks great. Oh yeah, how neat! How neat! Wild West, a non-stealth, a non-violent stealth game. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Sometimes things come across my radar, and I'm like, oh wow, this is this is really really interesting. The thing that I just had come on my um, actually it came on my Game Pass. So I have it downloaded. I just uh, I haven't gotten a chance to play it. Is um, called Haven, which is a brand new one that came out from a relatively small studio, I believe. And it's about like this uh, couple who are trying to get away from everything. They end up on this planet uh, that's being corrupted by this rust, and so it's like an RPG. But, like, their synergy attacks and everything are kind of based on how well their relationship is going <laughs> in a lot of ways. So there's there's actually, like, it's kind of like a relationship sim at the same time as being, like, a turn-based RPG on this Oh, planet. that's cool. And I was, oh, this looks good. Yeah, yeah. I, I really thought it's, like, it sounds like it, it's, a, it's a little bit more mature. But at the same time, I was like, oh, yeah, this looks great. This looks This looks fun. And it's, from what I've seen and, uh, like, everything, it's, like, their dialogue between the two main characters is, is great. Like, they have a neat relationship together. And then they actually have, like, a home life. 
and then they go out in, into the fields and uh, have to, you know, collect resources and, and all of that. The RPG trappings after that. So, so that was one that I was like, oh yeah, I'll have to definitely play that. U and K. I thought that that sounded pretty cool. Um, so, so there was that. What was the other stuff that I had played recently? Oh man, I played so many different things. Um, God. The problem is, is that I, I have a thing where I have a tendency to try a lot of things and see if I like them, and uh, most of the time I just kind of say, not feeling it right now. It's, it's not even so much like that I, I don't think the game's good. I just not really in the mood for it. Um, what was the one that had just come across my ray? Oh, they just... Um, Double Fine had just reissued remasters of a lot of the old LucasArts point-and-click adventures. So, like, uh, Grim Fandango and um, Day of the Tentacle and um, uh, Full Throttle. They, they had done these nice remasters of all of those games, and I had not gotten a chance to play them at all. Uh, I just I wasn't in the mood for point and clicks at the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was just like, there's a certain there's a certain you know mood that I have to be in, and if I'm not in that mood, I'm just not feeling it. Um, so, so yeah, I I had uh, not done that. Um, there was another one. Oh, what was this one? Oh, man, I forget what this one was called. This was kind of neat. It was like a roguelike. Did I just say that a roguelike was interesting? I didn't mean that. Forget I said that. Roguelikes <laughs> are not interesting. Oh, East Shade. That's actually a neat one. Um, if, you, if you haven't played East Shade, that's a cool game where you paint the landscape. And uh, so it, you have to kind of think of it a little bit like if Skyrim were smaller... And instead of any kind of combat, um, you you have to paint pictures for of the landscape for people. But it's neat. It's almost like a narrative game, but with a little bit more like uh, open expansiveness to it. Uh, yeah. So I was I, I I thought that was really cool. It it was a nice little exploration game that I've been playing recently. Um, oh, gears. Yeah, that's a that's a bigger title gears tactics but i had a compulsion to continue playing that one <laughs> i just did um not a bad tactical game i thought that it was good not xcom but they tried they tried real hard <laughs> um need for speed heat i i can't help it i like my <laughs> i like my racing games i just do um, I did get a chance to play Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Finally. So I finished that on, on story mode. So that's, that's the way I played it. Um, I tried Jedi Knight. I kept dying. I said, no, we're not, play we're not doing that because <laughs> it felt too much like Dark Souls and I didn't want to play that. And what I said, and I said this to Alex the last time that I talked to him, is like the great thing about 
Jedi Fallen Order is. If you want to play it as Dark Souls, you can play it on Jedi Knight or Jedi Master or, or anything like that. Um, if you play it, though, on story mode, it ends up playing way more like Force Unleashed, and I was much happier when that happened. <laughs> it, it, you don't have to think too much about the combat. You can just feel like you're a cool Jedi swinging your lightsaber all over and you know, doing... It, it felt a lot more like a Jedi Knight or a Jedi uh, un, uh, or uh, Force Unleashed, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm here for that. I'll play this all day and night if I if I can play it in that mode." So I did, and actually, right now, just today, I started uh, Control. I started Control. Oh yeah, I was I played Control a little bit. I started it. Yeah, I um, I I, I was playing it today because I I figured I had a little bit of time and I, I could sit down with it and I've gotten through what is it the executive and I think I've gotten through basically the maintenance section and I, I guess I'd be moving on to the next area now um, and uh, yeah neat I'm getting a few different uh, powers and abilities and uh, it's uh, it's neat I've had kind of a hit or miss relationship with remedy in the past uh, mm-hmm. the studio uh, they they previously did like Alan Wake. I played that for a little bit, and I was like, yeah, no. Um, and uh, and then <laughs> and uh, Quantum Break, which I I did play for a little bit. I just never finished it or anything like that. Um, they really love to play with like time and uh, and like physical manipulation, and th- mm-hmm. th- that seems to be a theme. But I got to tell you, just from my uh, brief time so far today playing control i i think this is probably their best effort so far i really feel like this this is like the best thing that they've made in terms of its structure and how it plays and everything like that i i think they i think they really pulled out their a game for control Uh, i'm really happy with it so far um yeah finally at the end of the year i'm getting around to playing a bunch of games from like Early 2020 and, and 2019, <laughs> I'm finally getting around to it. Um, it's mostly they, they yeah, came yeah. on Game Pass finally, so I was like, well, I have them available in my <laughs> library. I'll play them. Um, I started Control on the Switch, and then um, Hyrule Warriors came out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm playing Hyrule Warriors now because yep. it's a Zelda game. Yep. So <laughs> You're duty-bound to play yeah you're duty bound to play it it has to be it has to be the hyrule warriors um yeah i i i do like zelda i can't i can't tell you that i don't like zelda (laughs) so you could could do anything that was like the only reason why i was thinking hey if i get a switch i'll get the skyrim for the switch because they have like a special uh costume and everything for zelda in that uh, in, in that game, if you get the little amiibo for oh okay, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a weird smashing of two things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it's a weird idea, but basically, if you have the amiibo for Zelda for for Link, you you can put it on the thing when you're playing Skyrim, and a chest will appear, and it will have the hero's costume in it. <laughs> and you can just put on Link's cot. I don't know why they thought that was a, that made any narrative sense whatsoever. But and if they're gonna do it, just go all out. Just let me play as Link. 
<laughs> give me special skills and abilities. And you can you can you can make my like sign the hero of time or whatever <laughs> right. when I start it and and just give me a master sword. Let me fire blast from it at full health. And, and... <laughs> Parthenax just becomes Ganon. Just, yeah. <laughs> just change it all up. It's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, just go all in on it. I, I don't, don't, uh, don't try to sugarcoat it for me. Just give it to me the way I want it. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, uh, since my Game Pass actually integrated EA Play into it, uh, I had a whole bunch of EA titles, well, a lot of EA titles, most of which I don't care about, and then, and then the select few that I did, so... So for that, it was Jedi Fallen Order, and it was like Need for Speed Heat, and um, and uh, an opportunity to go and, and play uh, a, a couple other ones that I previously played a, a long time ago. Um, uh, so so got to do a little bit of that, but um, yeah, I uh, I'm liking Control, so I think I'll probably just stick with that for a while, and then maybe play Haven once that's over. Uh, but, because I don't have Hyrule Warriors. I don't have that Switch thing. But What's wrong with you? Uh, so many things. I, <laughs> I, I kind of just spent the money I need to spend on, on the computer, so. Right, yeah, so I mean, that. it's hard getting a Switch right now anyway, so. Yeah, even now, I, it's like been out for a yeah. couple of years, but. Well, I mean, I, it's probably not quite as di as difficult as getting like a Series X or a or a PlayStation or a PS5. Five. Yeah, no. <laughs> but still, yeah, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to try to figure out how to get my hands on one of those. Uh, but another game I'm looking forward to. I saw a friend of mine was streaming this mm. called The Pathless, and it's by yes! the same studio who made Abzu. Abzu, yeah, and um. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, did they also do Journey? I want to say they Journey was also something that they had done before Abzu. I can't remember. Maybe the same publisher. But yeah, the Pathless, that's the one where you have to... Um, you, you hit targets so that you can uh, you can rush through the world. And, uh, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, heard great things about that. Really great things about Pathless. Um yeah, it, it looked amazing, and I'm like, I I will probably play this game. Yeah. So I have a few games on the docket to go through. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. What was the one that I've heard such great things about? Um, well, I would still say Spiritfarer is great. I really loved Spiritfarer. That was a yeah. I played that a little bit. That was that was a lot of fun. Oh boy, yeah. Uh, that that ending. and it, it, the story gets tough though. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. 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 I um. I mean, I did a video where I showed just like all of the spirit door things, but that that ending, oh boy, <laughs> like, that ending. Ooh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to take a moment after that. Um, but it's 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 fast. That's a fascinating game because it's such a cheery game, but it's a cheery game about death. <laughs> it's like, right. It's, <laughs> it's so it's so strange how they how they juxtapose that. Superland was a really interesting one. That's right. I played that for a little bit. And I did try to play... I just... 
Again, I, I think I just wasn't in the mood. There's a game, I don't know if you're familiar with A Night in the Woods, if that uh, sounds familiar to you. But no. It's, um, it's, it's a really quirky little game <laughs> that's uh, sort of like a, a side-scrolly, more like a classic adventure title, um, but it, it's, it's got a really neat graphic style that almost looks a little bit like it was um, a scrapbook kind of look to it, uh, and it's got some, some fun dialogue in it and, um, and some little mini-games and stuff. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a really neat little game. I just uh, it was another one that I was just like, yeah, I just can't get into the mood for it. <laughs> it's just that kind of thing. It's why I always end up and like playing just Borderlands Three because it's like I'm always going to be in the mood to go and just do looting and <laughs> shooting. It's <laughs> I can do another Gigamind run. Oh, I got fifteen legendaries out of it. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I, I I'll always be in the mood for that. That um, what was that one? I can fell. I can fell was fine. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think if there's anything else that I could recommend. Oh, I played. I tried Yes, Your Majesty, and that wasn't very good. I didn't like that. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I didn't like that game. I know you're gonna hate me for it. No one cares. Um. <laughs> and then what was the what was the other one that I had just played recently? Oh, it was one I tried to go back to. It was um Sunset Overdrive and I uh I tried to play it again and I just um uh, I for some reason the game wouldn't let me just start from scratch. I I wanted to just start a new play and they no, you play the game you've already started, you you keep playing that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I want to start from the beginning. No, you keep playing your existing. Okay, fine. I, well, I don't have much to do then. <laughs> Sunset Overdrive was a fascinating game. It was actually an Xbox exclusive, and it was uh, done by a little company called Insomniac, uh, who is probably most famous now for doing the new Spider-Man games, uh, mm -hmm. as well as uh, Ratchet and & Clank and Resistance and... Uh, a bunch of other things, but um, but they also did this. <laughs> they basically tried to do an open world uh, action game that is kind of the precursor to Spider Man. That was called Sunset Overdrive, and it's so crazy that I, it's the best way I can describe it is imagine. Uh, if you, if you took, like, a, a Grand Theft Auto sort of style game, and then you mashed it up with Tony Hawk, that's pretty much Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> it's, it's grinding on, like, telephone poles and stuff like that, and, um, uh, you, you know, uh, trying to pull off tricks and jumping up on top of stuff and doing a lot of verticality. Uh, but then there's also these, these monsters that are around that have transformed because there was a bad batch of energy drink that turned them into um, monsters that now want to kill you. Um, and uh, All right. Yeah, and the energy drink company is trying to cover it all up and sending super soldiers in to try and maintain the peace, and you're trying to <laughs> figure out how to get out of this 
whole situation. Yeah, that's an actual storyline from a game, folks. That <laughs> actually happened. It's a, it's a weird... The, the fun thing is, is that they, they don't even pretend that this makes any sense. In the game, they literally just don't even bother. There's, like, you can grind on rails and, and uh, you know, uh, on, on telephone wires and all of that, and you have no skateboard or skates or anything. It's just your feet. And you just, you just grind with your feet. In your regular shoes, there's, there's nothing else that you need to know about the game. It, it, your, your weaponry is like one launches a bunch of Roman candles. Uh, there's a freeze ray. I, I can't, I can't, I can't even start. There's, there's a, um, there's an explosive device that's a teddy bear that it, it, I I don't know how to explain Sunset Overdrive. It's just it's try, it's wacky for the sake of being wacky. It's um yeah. It's like Saints Row. Yes, that's the way I'm going to describe it. It's Saints Row but Tony Hawk. So think about that. Um fascinating game. But I will take a look. Yes, the pathless. I'm glad that you brought that up. I was thinking about that earlier, and um, when you were talking about uh, indie games, and uh, yeah, that 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 always looks good from the creators of Abzu. I played Abzu. Abzu was good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, actually, there was a game that reminded me a little bit of Abzu, just from the underwater part. But there's no combat. But it was. Um, well, there was Endless Ocean, but there was um, Beyond Blue. At some point, I wanted to play that. Uh, I can actually show you that one. That's like an ocean exploration game. And that looks incredibly uh, peaceful. Uh, let me see if I can actually find it. I'm sure I can. And this was an indie game, actually. Do, 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 do. But this, that's one. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's actually one that's really meant to be more of like an exploration game. Um, it's a little bit in the vein of like Endless Ocean uh, from, from back in the day. Uh, and I, I see it advertised a whole lot, and it did look uh, uh, certainly fun. And uh, and you you're supposed to research the different creatures under the sea and everything, and go on little voyages and stuff. But uh, that's one that's going to be on my list. And um, oh jeez, what was what was the other stuff that I was looking to play? I forget. But yeah. That's the kind of underwater game I don't necessarily mind. There's, I don't think there's any combat in that oh, game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but again, it's a game where you're purposely underwater the whole time, so... Exactly. That, <laughs> that, so. That, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, is while I do not like being underwater and I do not like sharks in games, I, I actually... I've made this case before. I I dislike sharks in video games more than sharks in real life. Sharks in real life are probably okay, 
but sharks in video games are always <laughs> violent. <laughs> right? There's not a friendly shark in the video. No. The ironic... Not one you can go up and give the pets to. No, there are no friendly sharks. That's, that's always the, fun, the, the weird thing is that, like, ch technically, from a statistics standpoint, most people are perfectly fine encountering sharks. Sharks, sharks don't really just go out of their way to attack you. They're not, like, looking for people in the water most of the time. But in a game... Oh, yeah. The second they see you, it is on. There is no... It goes from zero to 60 very, very quick. <laughs> Sharks are always angry, and they are always Jaws in every single one. There is, there is a... There's no petting them behind the gills or anything. No, you don't get to... Yeah. Abzu was actually one of the few games where there was a shark that you actually befriend... You got to befriend a shark in Habsu. So good good for that. Um, but the reason why Alex uh, would occasionally say, oh, Nathan, it's a good thing you're not playing Subnautica. Cause, and it's like, no, actually, I have played Subnautica, and I, I liked Subnautica, but there really aren't sharks in Subnautica. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are things they call sharks, but they don't look anything like it, so it's not as big a deal. And, and the whole game is is premised underwater, and so that's fine. I, I understand that that's the, the whole premise of the game. Um, that that I can handle. Um, then the other one he was saying, like, what about Maneater? It's like, actually, I'd probably be fine with Maneater because I get to be the shark, and I'm, <laughs> right. I'm not... I, I probably just wouldn't play Maneater because I heard it wasn't very good. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, no, nah, playing the shark seems fun. I could kind of get behind that. No, Raft, on the other hand, no. No Raft, no, <laughs> no Depth. I'm not playing Depth. I'm not playing Stranded Deep. Uh, there's, there's, like, no. No. Sorry, there's <laughs> nothing you can do to make me start playing those. No, um, but uh, but Manny, sure, I'll be I'll be the shark. I could get behind that. <laughs> I mean, my shark is voiced by like literally um, Chris Parnell. <laughs> it's, it's kind of hard to take it seriously <laughs> at certain points. <laughs> I, I could deal with that, um, but yeah, Beyond Blue. I I thought that looked really nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really, I do enjoy playing a lot of indie games, and, uh, especially when they're done well, and there's so many more that are, are being done with real care and attention today than in previous years, and sometimes it's hard to tell them apart from big releases, except for their length, uh, because they've been doing such a great job on their art style, and their, um, storytelling, and their music design, and everything, and so... Uh, I was talking about this on stream the other day that a lot of games mm. are just have really good art lately. Oh yeah, um, just look very impressive. Oh yeah, you know, and indie games they they just shut something down here. Oh. I'm back. Yay! <laughs> we were having a bit of a connection issue here. Um, 
but uh, yes, yes, uh, like you were saying, yeah, the the games are looking a lot better uh, now for for indie titles. There's, um, I I don't know if it's just the, uh, you know, prevalence of having the the tools that they didn't necessarily have before, but the production values are incredible on on some of these. Um, sort of like you know Hades that came out earlier this year, good example of that. Um, Haven, like I was just showing you, a lot of the ones that you were just talking about, uh, El Hio, uh, looks really nice. Um, uh, Beyond Blue, which is also, you know, in, in technically an indie game. Um, they're, and even the pixel, even the pixelated ones that they're doing have some really nice graphic styles to them. So, uh, I've, I've been very impressed with what they've been able to put into small games with small teams working on them. Uh, sometimes, sometimes only a couple people. It's it's uh, impressive stuff. Um, let's see. What's this one? Now I have to look. Have uh, you seen uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator? Anyone play that? Or have you played it? Oh, I have not played Microsoft Pl Flight Simulator, unfortunately. Is it? Is it good? If you can watch someone do it online and they're a pilot, it's fascinating watching a pilot play the game. <laughs> really? Is it? Yeah. When they actually do the flight simulator, it is legitimately laid out to be like a flight simulator, right? Oh, yeah, 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 and it's amazing. There is even uh, somebody recently, I think you can find this on YouTube, I'll try to do a search in a minute, where a uh, a pilot flew in a plane, I mean, he wasn't flying the plane, how accurate it was, and, you know, it wound up being a couple minutes behind, but it was really, he was very impressed with uh, how accurate everything was to oh, yeah. his trip and everything, and yeah. It, it the detail in it is very impressive and yeah wow and there's radio comms and you know if you see a, a pilot play it they'll they're they're talking the pilot lingo and everything oh <laughs> and yeah like, this, this is great yeah <laughs> that's neat um what i want to see is a conductor play train sim world <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> because that's the i don't play a lot of simulation games but i did because i thought Meh, why not? I'll give it a go. I did play Train Sim World 2020. <laughs> and um, when I say I, tr I played Train Sim World 2020, I mean I failed to actually do much of anything in the game and ended up... I did a video on it. Uh, the video, though, is basically not anything to do with actually driving the train. I got down onto the tracks... Because you can just you can leave the train altogether and just wander. And when I did that, I found a way to clip through the world, and then just was like I was just wandering around the obviously you know not thought through landscape outside the world, and uh, just like wandering through the completely empty boxes that were the buildings, and just seeing what was out there. So, if you ever want to see Train Sim World played without the actual train part, I did that. You're welcome. 
but I would have <laughs> awesome. I would have really liked to see somebody who actually knew what they were doing uh, try try that <laughs> try that because it it ended up being either I couldn't figure out how to make the train go forward, <laughs> which is kind of a big deal, or I got it to go forward and I was like, how fast can I go? <laughs> and it just and the train derails. Good job, Nathan. You derail. <laughs> like this is way harder than i thought a train should be i mean you go forward and back right like this shouldn't be quite so hard yeah no you gotta prime you gotta prime the engine you gotta like prime the gas you gotta make sure that the doors are locked and then the doors are unlocked and you've opened them up and you have to yeah no there's a whole process to it um so yeah, see a conductor do that. That'd be great. Mm. But I was going through uh, games that were coming out like this year, and I came across one that I got excited by because it it had pirates, and I was excited about pirates. It's called Blazing Sails, and then I saw that it's a it's a it's a pirate battle royale game, and so now I'm not excited anymore. So, so you know. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, right, Skatebirds coming out next year. Got to. What is Skatebird? Uh, well. Wanna know? Yes. I'll, no, I will do you one better. I will uh, link it for you, so you can see this amazing game that is going to make your day. There you go. This is this is a game that oh, burbs. Yeah. This is this is like if Tony Hawk but a bird. And uh and and, and uh yeah. I don't even know if I have to explain it any further than that. It's literally just skateboarding birds and uh, going around little racetracks uh, oh they're so adorable I know isn't it great and you, you kick flipping over staplers you go, you, you're using <laughs> magazines as your little like quarter pipes and your half pipes yeah it's skatebird everybody like people were excited about the remake for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, but this is what you were really excited for. This was yeah. Skate Bird, baby, from Glass Bottom Games. Coming out next year. I had heard about this. I was uh, super excited about it. <laughs> this looks great. Not since Bugs... Be all the burbs. Yes. This, this shall be 2021's uh, Bug Snacks. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> this will be bug snacks for 2021. Um, hey, the product is not compatible with Mac OS. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Another reason I got to get my new computer so that I can play Skatebird. I wanted to get a top-of-the-line PC just so that I can play Skatebird. This was the game. I know. Yeah. <laughs> this, this... Why, why would you... Why would I need to play anything Why else? Why would you have any other reason? That that's right. Yeah, yeah screw Cyberpunk. Just Skatebird. <laughs> it's just Skatebird. <laughs> I just need, yeah. Yeah. 
I loved it. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. I thought that the magazine was Thrasher. It's not, it's Thrusher. (laughs) 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 The magazines that they're traveling on. (laughs) Oh man, that's great. That is terrific. Um, uh, I like Kotaku. (laughs) Kotaku had a review for it already where they were like, it's not Skate 4, but this might be better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, reviving the skating genre in the most adorable way possible (laughs) uh yeah no i uh, mean i've never played a skating game before but this this one has birds and that's right they're adorable yeah, I mean, birds should not be limited to strange Japanese ga- ga- uh, dating sims. You should be able to do right. <laughs> <laughs> this. This is not just Hatful boyfriend territory. We gotta get birds in everything, and these little chickadees. Or I, I don't. I think you can probably play different birds. Oh, I hope you can play different birds. Um. It, oh yeah. Yeah. The, it looks like there's a variety of them. Oh yeah, that's even better. I wonder if they have fun little names or if they're, uh, you know, they're uh, genus names or whatever. I don't know. But kind of kind of wondering now. want to see that. Um, I mean, I know that I'm going to like this more than Untitled Goose Game. So there's some. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just one of those people who was like, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I played through Untitled Goose Game to the end. It was, it was it was fine. I'm not saying it was bad. It's just a couple hours, and I didn't need to go back to it after that. I got to I got to play a real jerky goose for a couple hours. It was a good time. But this has skateboarding birds, and I think we all just need to appreciate that. I want this coming out this month because that would be my uh, that would be my Christmas present. But it's not. I guess it got uh, postponed till 2021. <laughs> so we're going to have to wait. But oh, he's flapping his little wings when he does a trick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he flies his wings when he does a trick. It's even better. My they, I just realized they're wearing baseball caps, too. Oh, yeah. And that there's I, one with Can the, we dress them up, do we know? Well, this one has a fire hat, has a fireman hat on. I see that. that yeah, baseball hat. One has different hats. Oh, this one, and, and you, you can give them headphones. You can give them little headphones. I see that in one of these pictures. Yeah, they got the headphones. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can change their clothing around. Oh, oh, this one has a cowboy hat on. Okay, that's good. I need the cowboy. This game's amazing. <laughs> This kind of reminds me of, do you remember a, a little racing game they used to have that was Micro Machines? They yeah, had, yeah, 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 yeah. I love, I really love that one where you could take your tiny little Micro Machine and you would have to race them around these courses that were just like supposed to be all made of, uh, you know, just household appliances mm-hmm. and you had to go through them. I think I had one on Game Boy or one of my... Uh, or my Game Gear, one of the handheld systems, and I was like, "Oh, these, this is such a great idea <laughs> for a game." This is like that, 
but with skateboards and birds. And that just makes it the best game. I'm calling it right now, Skatebird Game of the Year 2021. I'm going to go. It will be Game of the Year 2021. This year, it will probably be uh, Cyberpunk 2077. But in, in, in 21, Skatebird. It's Skatebird's year. <laughs> I feel it right now. <laughs> no, everyone who loved Tony Hawk will be right on board. There's another one that has a little safety cone for a hat. <laughs> I just saw that in one of the pictures. That's great. Oh, yeah. Skatebird's the best. I haven't even played it. But 10 out of 10 <laughs> right now. <laughs> yep. I'm calling it right now. Skatebird, twenty. <laughs> I'm wondering if they've actually have they actually created uh, other games. Now I'm now I'm fascinated with this company who thought of this idea. Um, <laughs> they um, oh they did, they did. I'll have to look at some of these to see what else they did. Oh and what was what was it? Skatebird. Skatebird is gonna. Oh, it looks like skateboard's gonna come to the Switch, as well as Steam. Oh hey. Yeah. Um, Spartan Fist, Hot Tin Roof, the cat that wore a fedora. Wow. Cool. (laughs) Wacky. There's wacky, wacky stuff they do here. Um, but, uh, good job. Okay, cool. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, on this episode, we learned about Skatebird, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> um, I thought I had a plan about what I was going to talk about, but that's kind of gone out the window. So anyway, <laughs> 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 yeah, we're, we're, too, we're too far down the road to uh, even worry about that. Um, what I was asking about earlier, I think before you had joined, was about uh, Kickstarter Make 100. And the reason I was asking about that is uh, Craig Campbell had just mentioned that on, on Twitter earlier today. He was thinking about doing something for that. And I was like, okay, but first of all, can you explain to me what that is? Because <laughs> I, I had never heard of it before. And um, for those who, who are not aware... Uh, basically, what Kickstarter does is in January, they uh, they ask a lot of small creators if they want to do a small like Kickstarter project, if there was something like a, a little campaign they wanted to do where they would only have 100 backers, and once they hit 100 backers, they're done. Uh, that's basically what the Make 100 is. And it could be a wide variety of different things. It could be, um, you know, if you're doing comics, maybe it's a, a small PDF or, or uh, you know, like a, a web comic thing. Um, if you're doing games, could also be a PDF adventure, something like that. Uh, so he was looking for ideas and suggestions. I just wasn't sure if maybe I had missed the boat on this and anyone else was familiar with it or not, or, or what you think of the, the concept, but apparently Kickstarter had been doing this for many, many years and I just was not aware. Uh, at DC is a lot more into the know than I am, but DC, had you heard anything about this before I was mentioning it? No, I, I had not. Okay. I am disappointing the audience now, but after that buildup. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I figured if anybody would be familiar with it, it, it would probably be you, uh, at least in our sphere. <laughs> so 
right? So I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if I was okay. So I'm not alone. It's just a okay. <laughs> That's good to know. Um, but yeah, I was looking for thoughts. So if uh, you're listening to this later, uh, I am I am curious to know what you think about this. Um, and then uh, the other thing that I had mentioned before DC was here, and uh, uh, maybe James will be here in a minute. He was hoping to be here soon, but he did say that about an hour ago, so I have a feeling that's probably not the case. Um, <laughs> unless you're uh, around on uh, on Twitch or something, and I'm just not... No, no, you're not. Okay, <laughs> just checking. Um, but I, I think I'm probably going to be talking to Alex in the near future... Uh, I wasn't sure if he was going to be here tonight because I think he had something. But um, about what we're going to do for a holiday special, we do one every year. Uh, despite everyone telling us to stop, we still do one every year. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I started thinking about this concept of maybe doing almost like Christmas Carol and seeing if some people wanted to come in and do Ghost of Christmas past, present, and future for us, and uh, maybe do, like, a, uh, something to the effect of, like, well, uh, delve in the place of, like, Ebenezer Scrooge, and... <laughs> and yeah, you did a you did an orbital or something like that a few years ago. I did an orbital about that a few years ago, where I, where Gap interviewed the ghost of past, present, and future. Yeah, in the yeah. studio, yeah, which was fun. Uh, it was the ghost of past, present, and future, and um, yeah, and, and they're all. <laughs> what did I do for that? Oh God, the ghost of Christmas past was. Um, I think she was kind of like the ghost equivalent of a TikTok star. <laughs> if I remember correctly how I did that one. She, oh, she was going to start her own BooTube channel. <laughs> it's like a YouTube channel for ghosts. Um, <laughs> that's right. Her, and then the, the, the one for the present was, he had all the dad jokes. <laughs> and then... Then the ghost of Christmas uh, future was just a really crotchety old guy who <laughs> just hated everything and just liked to scare people as a bear. He dressed up in a bear costume all the time <laughs> and just scared people as a bear. That was a fun, that was a fun episode. But I thought maybe an actual more uh, telling of the story of uh, Christmas Carol. Uh, okay. Uh, but uh, have people. Uh, you know, uh, play the roles of of the the ghosts, and uh, maybe we could do something fun. It would give me three acts, and it would <laughs> it would be it would be an opportunity, I suppose, to go back. I guess the past version would probably be uh, looking, uh, dropping in on ourselves during the the early episodes of the show, and then the uh, the present one would just be. Uh, in, in the here and now, I guess in the alternate timeline where we didn't exist, and then the future one I'm thinking um, is the death of the show, and just like going up to the, the pod, <laughs> going up to the like podcast cemetery. <laughs> here lies Dell, and you see the headstone over the thing, and a, a bony finger points to you to 
look into the end of your life. Um, that would be that would be fun uh, <laughs> to play around with. But I was kind of thinking. Alex also had the idea of doing something that was a little bit more like Nightmare Before Christmas, and I was like, that's neat. I just don't know if I have any concept for it. But I, I was just kind of curious. If people are listening to this later, later chances are it will be like Seagoat and, and Salt and, and maybe James. Uh, if you're listening to this later, again, just kind of interested in, in thinking about your thoughts about what you might like to see for a holiday special because um, cause now I'm at, at the point where I... I, I could take more time for it this year than I normally do because I'm not going to try doing that thing where I do like three or four Christmas specials. I'm not doing that this year. <laughs> We're going to try to consolidate this up. And, and, and I'm going to try focusing on like one Brilliant. or two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to focus on one or two things. Uh, and so if, if anyone has ideas on what they might want to see for Adele uh, Christmas special, please let me know. Uh, because I'd be, I'd be interested to know. Um, so, uh, I guess we're, we're probably, I think that's pretty much everything that I needed to say on my end. Uh, are you looking, is there anything you're hoping to get for the holidays? Any gifts you're hoping to get for the holidays, DC? Uh, you know, not, not a lot. Um, subscribers to my Twitch. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's always good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's uh, let's see. Uh, no, uh, I, I thought of something earlier today for this very thing, but can I think of it now when you're asking? No, of course not. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you think about it for a minute. Um, I, you know, what happens to me is people always ask me like around this time of year, Nathan, what do you want for Christmas? That's a, that's, a, that's a thing that people ask me that are in my sphere. And I feel bad but because I don't really have anything that I wanted. <laughs> like, I, like I rarely do. I started to realize this too. You know that you have reached a level of maturity when you go from being upset that you got socks for Christmas to actually hoping that you get socks for Christmas. When you make that transition, you have reached <laughs> maturity, just for the record, folks. <laughs> There's a point between, like, where somebody gets you a shirt and you're like, oh, shirt. And then you go, oh, a shirt. <laughs> like, yeah, this, is, this tells you. And it makes it, then you know your childhood is dead. Congratulations. So anyway... <laughs> So anyway, what I'm saying is looking forward to socks. Uh, and, um, someone once told me though, and I, I do take it to heart that even if you're uh, even if you're like an adult, uh, it's great if you get at least one actual toy for Christmas. Doesn't have to be anything elaborate or big, but it's kind of nice to actually get a legitimate toy uh, for Christmas. Uh, maybe an action figure. I think a uh, year or two ago, actually, I had gotten like my father-in-law and, and my dad uh, a couple of the little Lego sets. You know, like those little mini Lego sets that you can put together. Mm -hmm. uh, or uh, a Mr. Potato Head. A Mr. Potato Head is always fun, uh, even for adults. You 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 never you never remember how much fun it is to just take all the pieces and just put them in the wrong places on the Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, I can just put the ears in the center of the head. That's always just fun for me. <laughs> just try to mix and match. Uh, so something something fun like that. But honestly, I think I kind of gave myself my Christmas present with uh, getting a new uh, computer that will actually function correctly. So pretty sure that I'm just gonna just gonna go with that. If anyone has stuff they can get me that are is uh, you know around that, and then also uh, obviously subscribers to all the things that I do. Uh, DC had the right idea there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, mostly this year I kind of just want books like the Legend of Zelda encyclopedias. There's four of them. Wait, Get them from what? My Kindle. <laughs> Wait, what? They have encyclopedias for? Is, is this for? Do, do they have like maps for Hyrule? Yeah, they um, they go over the different games, different art, and the different sort of timelines they made, and they're all sort of official. Oh, um, okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But oh, that sounds incredible. Oh, now I want to know if they did actual like cartographic map. Okay. Well, I gotta look that up though. I... There, there's four of them currently. Uh, Hyrule Historia. Let me link one here to the the first one. Okay, okay. Um... Here we go. There, I I put a Amazon link in the. Oh, cool. Chat. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, um, historia. Yeah, but it has. I'll actually go. It's it's fine. As our, it, it goes through the different games and they update it. You know when. There, there's four volumes because there's new Zeldas, but there's uh, oh wow interviews. There's artwork. There's chronology. Oh my they God. go through the different yeah, just going through the different games, talking about them, and kind of giving you timelines. And there was a book that I had gotten a really long time ago, and I can't remember. I don't know if they even still publish it, but it was called High Score, and it was actually like an illustrated history of video games. And it was oh, cool. it, it was a really actually I I can probably find an Amazon <laughs> link for that uh, too. It, it's it was a nice reference book actually. Um, uh, do, 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 in books, I want to look in books. Can you find it in books? anywhere that's book related but uh video games i'll eventually find it but i found this other thing that i need to share because this is so this is so fascinating is i wanted to know if there was actually like a legitimate map of uh of of you know like Hyrule and all of that mm -hmm. and uh, come to find that if you look on uh, Etsy <laughs> of course if you look on Etsy what happens is um, you get a page that is uh, all of these different kinds of maps and I think actually this one what, what is this one like people actually went to the trouble of actually making maps Oh, wow. Like actual uh, maps. And I think that actually this one, this one's really nice. I wonder if this is made. Okay. One at a larger size. 
I'll give you this one listing. This one actually looks like the most promising one. Um, and see if uh, that one just looks really nice. I don't know exactly what they are made of. Is this just digital? I think that uh, I think there might be something Probably. else. Yeah. Uh, estimated arrival date if it's on the 16th. Oh, no. Actually, I guess that it is actually a, a physical thing. But I was like, yeah, no, I'm trying to... I was thinking maybe they would actually have, like, a cartographic map somewhere of actual Hyrule. Um, Hyrule cartography... Cartography map, yeah. To see if I can actually find one. Um, what's this? Oh, I might have found something else. Hold on one second. Yeah, somewhere I have... I don't know where it went, but... Somewhere I have, I still have my original map that came with the very first game, the oh, very first yeah, Zelda game, yeah, the, the map yeah. came out. And then uh, a while later, Nintendo had published sort of this, uh, I don't know if it was a Nintendo Power, but they had published something where there was a whole map of uh, Hyrule but, or it, for the first Legend of Zelda game. They they just show you all the areas where the map that came with the game had some areas purposely blank, and then this map yeah. just had it all filled in for you. Oh like, cool. wow! I have those both somewhere. Yeah, I don't know what happened to them, but yeah. This this I this is great. I just found this on um, Displate, which does great metal art. Uh, <laughs> Why can't oh, I get wow. sponsorship deals? But that's literally, that's a metal art piece. That's like the original Legend of Zelda Hyrule map on metal. Um, I I like that so much. And as I'm looking, it's like, oh, wow, they did this with other things, too. They did this with other things. Um, yeah, these these are great. I, I love I love the metal artwork. This is, um, what's this? Sword Coast. Oh my god, they also did this for the Sword Coast. That's great. That's terrific. Some of these are really nice. But I was like, I, for a second there, I had to look. It almost looked like a motherboard the way that it was laid out. And I had to think, right. what a, Kalimdor? Oh yeah, they did it for Kalimdor too. Very neat. Um, what was I doing? Oh, I was looking to see if I could find... Oh, is that the third edition? It's not the edition I was looking for, though. This isn't the first uh, Legend of Zelda game, though. Oh, this is that map. not? No. Is that um? I can tell by the just by the giant egg on top of uh, <laughs> the mountain. Oh, there. oh yeah. What's the one with the giant egg? Was that Link's Awakening? No. Yeah, I think that's Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Link's Link's Awakening. Okay. Um. Is this the illustrated? This is probably the new version of it. But, oh, yeah, no, this is the one that I had. The Illustrated History of Electronic Games. So that's Russell DeMaria from 2002. But there's new editions now. They've made new editions. So I'll leave a link, actually. I guess I'll leave the link to the most high score expanded. I might have to get this one. Now I have to get things. Thanks. <laughs> no, that's too expensive. Why is it so expensive to get that? I don't so, know. yeah, I'm just looking forward to books this year. <laughs> just looking forward to books. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
this this uh do 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 this is the actual one that I have and apparently it's just hard to come by now but that is the that is the there's more editions but they're apparently very low on stock right now <laughs> surprisingly enough um but uh it it was uh it was nice they actually had some graphics from oh boy uh what was it uh tennis for two which was uh one of the original game not an uh, electronic game that's actually the the newest edition of this particular book um but um what i didn't know something that i learned from from that particular book though is if you were if you were looking for the original essentially electronic game not a video game but if you were looking for the original electronic game um there was something called tennis for two that you can kind of think as like a uh, precursor to well, Pong in a lot of ways. But it would have been done with like light diodes and, and stuff on a board. And and that was uh, from, uh, what was it, the World Fair and back in like the mid-50s was uh, when that originally came across. And apparently it was a huge, it was like the talk of the town when they did, when they did it at the World Fair. Um, and uh, I was just fascinated because uh, sports video game simulator was 1958, so I didn't I didn't know that that it uh, that essentially video games go back that far, and it actually is. Uh, I can find the thing. Oh, do they actually have it on the oscilloscope? Yeah, I'll put this as reference point. As far as they can tell, this... On an oscilloscope. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. As far as they know, this would have been basically the earliest version of essentially a video game that was ever made. And this would have been... Um, this is the early history of video games. Uh, one, of, one of the first, well, mostly because I don't know if they can officially call it the first, but... This simulated game of Tetris, it was uh, shown, and I believe it was the World Fair. I believe it was in Chicago at the time. Um, and uh, it, was, it was a huge deal for them back then. So, yeah, sorry, folks. They think video games are like a newfangled thing. They liked them in the 50s, too. They just <laughs> didn't have many. Um, <laughs> but uh, it this was by... William Higginbottom, the uh, American physicist that uh, I believe had served as the S. He was the head of the uh, electronics division of the Manhattan Project. And then he went on and designed this. So <laughs> equally big things. <laughs> equally big things. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that was actually, I think, one of the most interesting things that I, I found out about from that particular uh, uh, book. Uh, so, so I was, I was always good. I, that's a good one to pull out of your uh, bag of tricks if anyone's asking you about, well, what's the earliest video game? Because everyone's probably going to want to say Pong. Uh, but it's, it is not Pong. It goes far, far back from that. 
especially if you can get yourself an oscilloscope. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but anyway. Yeah, a speed run this game. Uh, oh my goodness, yes. Speed run for tennis for two. You just have to let them... <laughs> you just have to let them actually... Actually letting them you play the game. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to do that. <laughs> this is um, uh, for display on the Brookhaven National Laboratory's public uh, exhibit. Well, maybe you can. Maybe they kept it up so that you can actually play this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many of these... Uh, oh, there was a reproduction that they made for the 25th anniversary. There's a very large setup. Yeah, it can't be hard to reproduce. I mean, finding a oscilloscope and that you can do it on, you know, maybe, but with yeah. the right dials. You need, but, oh, yeah. yeah. And there's, uh, oh, I see right here. There was also in 1997, they did a recreation of the setup as well. Um, but hey, folks, it's even if that's the case, it's been over 20 years since then. I think uh, I think maybe we can actually do something. 1997, a team at the Brookhaven created the game for its 50th anniversary, for Brookhaven's 50th anniversary, and it took about three months to do the reconstruction, uh, partially because the parts were not readily available. Yeah. <laughs> and it was displayed. Okay, game, game's done quick. You have a challenge. Yep, there you go, Tennis Dane. for two, speed run for yep. charity. Speed run for charity. Tennis for two. The OG. The original. You you thought that you had gone far back with your pitfalls and your and your pongs. No. No, my friend. This is this this goes far, far back from that. Fifty eight. This is the earliest one that they know about. So hey, fun thing to do. Um, it probably is not a great game to speed run. <laughs> uh, no, and I don't even know how. You, like, I guess it's tennis. I don't know exactly what the speed run would be for. There's, right. There's no like point A to point B. I do wonder though if they've ever done speed runs for some of the old adventure games. Like if they did it for Pitfall, I'm sure somebody's done it um, for uh, Pitfall or for uh, like the original like Donkey Kong, anything like that. Uh, because there's there is definitely some speed running opportunities. It's not just about getting the high score. You might you need to have uh you, you need to be able to speed run that. Um, on modern hardware, it's probably a lot easier. I wonder if those games go a lot faster if you have a modern computer to play them on. I bet they do. So according to speedrun.com, there's one person who did a. Uh... Speed run for Pitfall on the Atari 2600 took him 19 minutes and 10 seconds, and that was five years ago. Oh, okay. And I don't think anybody's going to even try to beat that record, because <laughs> no one wants to bother. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. 19 minutes, huh? Yep. Well, actually, that's not bad, because I have seen speed runs done for the Outer Worlds, and uh, Fallout New Vegas that were 15 minutes. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those are crazy. Yeah. 
I yeah, I those watched are, those are really good. I, yeah, I watched it for Outer Worlds and I was like, well, oh, that was fast. But I saw I I watched the actually I think it was like eleven or twelve minutes for New Vegas, and I was like, okay, I don't even understand how they're doing that jumping forward exploit thing to get to Vegas so quick. I. Like, like I was trying to figure out it. So you like you move forward, you look at your pit boy, and then you you like take it down, and all of a sudden you jump across the landscape real fast. And oh yeah, I was like, what? Hold on, what? How did you do that? Um, and uh, I I thought it was funny because there were people who were like, well, you know, if your game can be beaten in fifteen minutes, it's not a very good game. And I'm like. You realize people have right. to play that for like 17, 18 hours or something to even figure out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I had literally heard comments where they're like, if your game can be beaten in 15 minutes, you didn't design it very well. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I mean, it, it, it takes these people a year to learn games sometimes, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not like they just stumbled into how to do it in 15 minutes. They had to <laughs> right. they had to play it like multiple times to figure out the main things they needed to achieve and how quickly they did. Their 15 minute speed run took them 40 hours to figure out. <laughs> so yeah, so it's not. <laughs> and you don't have to play that way. Like that's just to prove how fast you can do it. You you don't necessarily get anything out of. I'm not like following the entire storyline around. <laughs> and if you want to do 100% runs, well, no, that's going to take a lot longer. Obviously, you're just trying to get from point A to point B in speed runs. But um, uh, there was also I think a Dark Souls. I think it was Dark Souls two. One of them that you can actually beat in 20 minutes or something like that if you know the path to take. Um, and I was, I was like, wow, really? <laughs> Maybe that's worth my time. I might actually play a Dark Souls game if I can do it in 20 minutes. Um, or it's me, 30. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be beating any records. But... Uh... <laughs> Oh, we have James joining us. James! You have a Hi. 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 What what have you been up to? I've been baking because it's the holidays, and in my opinion, you don't have a holiday without lots of baked goods. No matter what you're celebrating. This is this is absolutely true. Um, are you... This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> you know the way. Um, and and uh, would these baked goods particularly be cookies? Of course. What else would they be? Uh, I I mean, they could have been almost anything. I mean, I guess someone, I, a lot of people bake cakes, but I'm very much a cookie type of guy myself. I kind of figured from the last live play we did, uh, because I mm -hmm. I think that there were entire puzzles that you based around cookies, <laughs> if I remember correctly. There were one or two. Uh -huh. What uh, what kind of cookies today? Uh, today was um, like ginger snap bites. 
that turned out very good. Oh, good. Um, yes. Oh, excellent. Ginger snaps. I like those. Do you make them into gingerbread men, or are they just regular cookies? They're just regular, like, um, bite-sized cookies. They're quite good. I've eaten, like, five already, which is probably not a good sign for their long-lasting abilities. Oh, right. I think that that's kind of the uh, big issue that I have with, like, the bite-sized cookies is that, uh, yeah, they're, they're smaller, but then I feel compelled to eat a metric ton of them. So I don't think it's actually healthier for me. <laughs> By the time I'm done. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything that comes in a smaller package, you feel like you can eat more of them. And all of a sudden, the entire box or bowl is gone. This is true. Yeah. Now, when, a... with those cookies, though, mm -hmm. do you are, are those things that you're just going to snack on basically all the way up into the holidays? Or are you taking them somewhere and sharing them with people? Oh, these are just for me and the family to just snack on okay. over the next few days. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's probably yeah. for the best. Don't don't share yeah. things. That's not the spirit of the holidays. Eating what you eat. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. people get that idea in their heads. Um, but uh, this I'll is... I'll share my recipe. Oh, okay. Not the food itself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will share the recipe, not the food itself. That's a compromise. I think you're allowed to have that compromise. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing, though, that this is not exactly the last batch of cookies for the year for you. Oh, absolutely not. There's still shortbreads and eggnog cookies, and uh, we'll probably make some uh, real full-size gingerbread men as well. And that's, that's probably just scratching the surface. My plan is to go looking for some more exotic types of cookies and make those as we get a little closer to um, the 25th. Right. Um, I'm going I'm so. to back you up for a minute. Eggnog cookie. Mm-hmm. It's a family recipe. Basically a, like a, a sugar cookie or a, a drop cookie um, that's made with eggnog instead of milk, and it's got an eggnog glaze. It's fantastic. Oh. Like my favorite holiday sweet. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Oh, yeah. That will go uh, well with uh, actual eggnog. You do the mm -hmm. eggnog with the eggnog cookies. That might just be too much nog. I might have to temper That's not possible. <laughs> That's not possible. Too, too much nog is not a thing. Nope. I firmly believe that there's no such thing as too much eggnog. <laughs> no. No nog is bad nog. All nog, good nog. Uh, so, so that's good. When it comes to the actual eggnog, is that something that you're making yourself, or are you buying that? We'll get that. I've never made homemade eggnog, although that is also my list of things to do over the holiday. Yeah, that's a good bucket list item. I feel like before, before uh, you know, the holidays and probably worth trying to do the, the homemade eggnog. It just always seemed like a process to me, you know, more than most drinks. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, I, I, I mean, probably worth it, but there, there's a bit of, of labor intensiveness to it. 
Um, but that's good. So yeah, you'll um, you'll totally send me some of those, right? I'll have uh, cookies in the mail, and uh, <laughs> you're sending them digitally, right? You're just gonna send them through the computer. Sorry, say that again. I, I was like, so you're totally sending me some of those cookies, probably just through the computer, right? Yes, I will send you some uh, uh, digital cookies if I can. Okay, that's worth it. I'm totally up for that. Um, can, can you fax those? <laughs> but but see, do you see if he does that, it's just going to taste like paper. It's going it, to... Yeah. But, you know, high in fiber. Right. That's true. Hey, you know what you could do is get uh, get the recipe, uh, put it into one of those 3D printers, and then 3D print it to me, and I can get it on the other end. <laughs> I that's how baking works. Oh, right? that would probably work. Yeah. Yeah. Get the eggnog filament. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that different. <laughs> There's. I hope that's a real thing. Now I have to look it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm really I'm really hoping that I look up like eggnog filament and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we figured that out. Don't worry. <laughs> we totally figured that out. Um, I'm I'm scared actually. Oh, fragrance oil. You can get uh, eggnog fragrance oil for candles and stuff. That's something that comes up. Um, oh God. Oh no. Okay, that might not be a thing I'm thinking of. Anyway, while I'm looking this up, uh, James, James, out of curiosity, have you been uh, able to do any kind of gaming over these the last month? I know that you were kind of uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff, but um, any kind of gaming-related stuff that you were uh, able to do over the past month? Oh, a touch. Um, there's been a little bit of Minecraft um, we started um, what I'm currently f referring to as Revengeance Death of Eternity uh, modded Terraria with an extra heaping of salt um, oh boy. Uh, with some friends. Yes, it's chaotic, um, to say the least. It's like taking difficult versions of Terraria and turning it up to probably about 15, more or less. It's bad, but we're enjoying that. Oh, um, yes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I I played a little bit of Terraria and I played a little bit of Minecraft. I can't decide, and I know that this is the very controversial thing we're going to be talking about, but I can't decide if Terraria or, or uh, Minecraft, which one is better. So just you tell me right now, just for the record, to a digital audience, which one is the actual better and definitely superior game out of the two. I don't know that there's an actual, like, superior. It depends on what you value in a game and, like, what qualities you judge better by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I personally prefer Minecraft. Right. Um, if only because... There you go, Minecraft wins. Yeah, yeah, you heard it here first. James, James has said it. Minecraft better than Terraria. Sorry, Terraria Maniacs. Terraniacs. I feel like I'm being... <laughs> misquoted here I'd, I'd, li I'd like to claim a misquote okay okay <laughs> claiming a miss flag on the quote flag on the quote flag on the field we got a misquote okay 
Okay, but why do why do you? But but realistically, uh, why why do you hate Terraria and Tallahassee crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, I don't, it's not that I hate Terraria. It's a great game. I really, I do really enjoy playing it. Right. But it's, it doesn't have the creativeness and the community modding support and creative support and all of that that Minecraft has. Mm-hmm. And that's just something I look for a lot in a game is that sandbox creative ability. Because you know when I play. Minecraft, typically I'm not playing it because I want to go like, like go on an adventure and anything like that. Typically I'm playing in creative mode because I want to build cool stuff. Right. So, right. Yeah. I, uh, I often uh, will do that for creative mode. I, um, I think what my experience with Minecraft was mostly uh, is, can I just get the version where I don't have to worry about random monsters trying to kill me in the middle of the night? As long as you give me that version, uh, I'll play your game for a bit. But otherwise, it just feels like <laughs> it's just annoying. The, uh, those right. archers come out, and it's like, okay, what, what what are we doing here? And there's water in that that I have to deal with underwater combat, too. Gets back to the underwater mm-hmm. combat thing. Those little squid things come at you. I don't like oh, them. Oh, yeah, those are no fun. I don't like those. Underwater combat. Why'd you do that to me, Minecraft? You went all Ubisoft on me, anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but the uh, the creative mode. Okay, yeah. Terraria is uh, a little bit more about the adventure, from my experience. Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate and I enjoy, but uh, it's you know it's just not my cup of tea most of the time. I prefer something with a little bit more creative freedom. Right. My experience with Terraria was mostly. Uh, I feel like I blew myself up accidentally more often than not uh, in, in the Terraria. Also something it does well. Yes, it does do that very well. Uh, I don't know if it was just the way that it controls or not, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely did have that kind of experience. Well, that's good. That's good. So now are you doing that with like your friends on Twitch? Um, not yet. I something... That we have, uh, um, I've just, I have a younger brother who does a lot of uh, videoing and streaming and stuff like that. And we, we've discussed um, him videoing it, but we, so far we haven't started that. Right now we're at, we're at the point where we're just trying to get to the point where the world is playable because yeah. we got our, we ended up in our first blood moon, uh, I think the first or second night that we were like in the world mm. and it was so laggy we could not even move oh wow that that's how many enemies were spawning and how many things were on the ground it was horrendous we all had to back out all the way out of the world so that our host could reconcile our actions with the actual time passage of time in the server oh bad it was really bad oh but i mean that's the best space for exploits right you can... oh yes 100 <laughs> percent. yes that that's where you get the spiff and britain there when once the lag starts and then you find a way to give yourself all the stuff and then, right and then you're not salty yeah. anymore um 
but okay, but that that probably didn't happen. You just needed to wait for the lag to stop. Yeah, well, the plan in the future is to build some sort of mob farm that uh, will, uh, you know, deal with all of that for us, so we don't have to move and we'll just collect everything. But at the time, for the time being, we are just uh, we're doing our best to uh, like get our the world in a place where you know. We're not all dying constantly, and it's not laggy as heck while we're trying to stream it and whatnot. Oh, right. As soon as that gets done, I think the plan is to start doing some recordings and some streaming of the uh, world over the break. And ideally, have our ultimate goal completed by, um, by the time we head back for spring semester. Oh, okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, mm. on, the, uh, on the tabletop front... Have you been able to do any more playtesting for uh, your system? I have not. Okay. I intended to do a decent amount um, over the past oh four months or uh, four weeks, mm-hmm. and I went in. I discovered a rather nice like RPG development server that was like, okay, these people will be really good probably for both playtesting, getting some feedback and whatnot. And I went in and I found out that I for the system to make any sort of sense whatsoever, I needed to probably completely rewrite it and reorganize it from the ground up. Oh. So that's what I've spent my last month doing, is completely oh. starting from scratch and rewriting everything. I've just, I just finished the newest update two days ago, and wow. so I'm working on playtesting material for that. Yeah. Oh. It's been a process. Yeah, that sounds, uh, yeah, anytime somebody goes, and then I had to build it from the ground up again, I will go, oh, so a little more intense than I was expecting, (laughs) but that's, that's good, that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if at first you don't succeed, bulldoze it and start from scratch, (laughs) start again. Yeah. Uh, See what, see what works. Um. But that that's good. Uh, I I just like to catch up with what's going on with uh, with your stuff because um, mm-hmm. I'm just you know in, in in the process of development here, and I like to check in when Alex has new projects and just see what what he's working on. <laughs> just 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 make sure. I appreciate it. Yeah, not not a problem, not a problem at all. Uh, but uh, have you had any more luck getting playtesters? That was the other thing that I know you were working on. Uh, not yet, because about the time I was trying to get playtesters was about the time I started to realize that I needed to do some serious rewriting. The goal is over this, um, next week is to just, like, go as many places I can and find playtesters, though. So, um, online, of course, not doing anything in person, but I'm writing up all the materials for that over this weekend. going to start posting, um, to try and get playtesters over the next week and hopefully have some groups ready to roll no later than, uh, let's see, probably if I'm I'm keeping track of it correctly, no later than the 14th, so I can do some playtesting both before and after Christmas. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, overall, it feels like, you know, your turnaround time has been pretty, pretty short, um, you know, when, when somebody says I need to completely rewrite something, I'm thinking, well, there's your year. 
but yeah, <laughs> but but it feels like you've made some pretty sizable progress in that regard, considering you had to do that. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that's good. Okay, so by the time we uh, reconvene, uh, I'm guessing you'll have a fa- well. You've probably at that point would have done some play testing on it, so we might have a little bit better idea about uh, if if the current version of the system is is working to your liking. Mm-hmm. That's okay. the hope. That's the hope. Okay. Well, yeah. Hope will give me all next year to work on uh, uh, refining. Yeah. They go when I'm ready to do my Kickstarter or my Patreon or whatever I end up doing. So. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. No. Good that we yeah. figured that out uh, now. Uh, before <laughs> before you went oh, through yeah. that whole process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so now you can get to a more refined set. Okay, well that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, and I had asked uh, DC, but uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to getting uh, for the holidays? Anything that you're looking that um, you're on your wish list for somebody who's making a list and checking it twice? What? Assuming that you oh, know. I don't know if I've exactly been nice this year, no, but uh, no. uh, it's so cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping. Uh, besides, like you know, the more general stuff in terms of like yeah, uh, baking supplies and things like that. I've I've been sort of dropping hints that I'd like to pick up a couple more abstract systems, and I may need to be a little bit more clear than that. But I'd really like maybe a core rule book or two for one of the more abstract systems. Got it. Those can be well over, um, you know, uh, 50 bucks. These can run you, sure. for the really good ones, they can run you up to 100 bucks. And uh, I don't yeah. mind paying that myself, but without mm. a, I, I'm a college student. I don't exactly have a steady job most of the time. So True. that can be hard to pay for on my own. So. Mm-hmm. Um, any particular uh, abstract systems that you've been looking into? A few. Uh, the new Cortex Prime looks amazing, and I, I really want to see if I can pick that one up. I've always been a fan of dice pool systems, so that one looks good. City of Mist has been something I've looked at a few times and looks really fun, and it's definitely a setting I enjoy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah. I know somebody who worked on that. We, we had the guy who actually wrote that on the show. Um, uh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll Ooh. have to find the episodes. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was on, um, and I have to find it. Uh, I will go back in the record. Uh, I gotta go look on Delve. I'll, I'll look on Delve, and I'll see if I can find the episode number for you. Um, because we, we did. It happened to be at the time that, um... He was coming out with, uh, what was it? There was an expansion to City of Mist uh, yeah. that he was doing, and it was right around the time that he was going to be going to Kickstarter. Or he, No, actually, I don't think he has to worry about Kickstarter. He does it through, he does it through a publishing house. Um, but this was, mm-hmm. this was a, I want to say it was a couple, and then from that I ended up, we ended up talking to the folks behind Crystal Heart because that's kind of part of, of that whole thing. 
uh, city of... Oh, yeah. Here we go. In the city of... Yeah, Pain. Knights of Pain Town. Okay. Uh, episode 183 and 184... Okay, I'm definitely going to have to give those a listen then. Yeah. When, yeah. Uh, Am- Amit Moshe, yep, was was on. Um, and uh, I got to ask him, that's right, I've, oh, right, right, whether or not Nathan can be the man of La Mancha. Yes, that was the character I wanted to create for City of Mist. I just wanted to be Don Quixote. Can I just be Don Quixote in this world? Uh, so I think he said I could. I think he said I was fine. Yeah. I was able to do that. Um, but, uh, right. And that was kind of fun story, too, is uh, I, that was that was sort of a, a spur of the moment that I didn't know anything about the game or that it was as big as it was. And um, Sydney, who's, who's from Encounter Roleplay, uh, actually contacted me and, and was like, Hey, would you like to have the creator of City of Mist on the show? And I was like, "What is that?" And, then she, and she was like, "It's kind of a big deal." And and, and I'm looking for for some. Uh, I, I thought that you might want to talk to. Yes, please. I would love to do that. Uh, so that's actually. Uh, so it just kind of fell in my lap. But I'll take it. I will absolutely take. It. I will take it a hundred percent. And that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but. Uh, Yes, feel free. Go ahead and listen to those because um, they they were quite interesting. Uh, Crystal Heart, which came out of that, we talked to them uh, afterward. He actually uh, hooked us up with with them. So uh, yeah, we we got some great stuff out of that. But yeah, uh, one eighty three, one eighty four, and yeah, Knights uh, Knights of Pain Town was an interesting expansion as well. So, if you're interested in City of Mist, we did need to talk to the creator, so give that give that a good old listen if you haven't been able to before. Um, I'd actually forgotten Crystal Heart existed, and I, I remember always wanting to pick that one up as well because it looked like it was such an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. That might be something Yeah. Well, it looks really good. Yeah. I've always been with those. Of that company. everything they put out seems to be uh, looking, uh, yeah, be like very high quality. Right, right, right. That is um, the actual game that they built for Crystal Heart was based off of Savage Worlds. So, um, and then we we actually did talk to them a little bit about Savage Worlds. I have not talked to the creator of Savage Worlds, but we we did get to talk to them at Crystal mm-hmm. Heart about the system as well. And that is number 198 and 199. So, hey, there's there's some more episodes for you. You can listen to those as well. I know how I'm spending my Sunday. There you go. Catching up on some of those older Delve episodes from end of um, of 2018. Um, Yeah. Yes. End of 2018. That was actually right before. Actually, I'm realizing that that those were episodes that we did very close to doing Operation Santa Drop. It was shortly before we did yeah. Operation Santa Drop. Yeah, it, yeah. 
it 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 would have been right right around that time. We don't know. That's crazy. I'm I'm realizing that because those were episodes like two oh three to two oh five were the were Operation Santa Drop, parts one, two, and three. And um yeah, that was that was just like a month prior to that. So so actually wow. that's that's interesting because that would have been one of the early versions of the system that we were playing in. Uh, I would have been right around. I had my first, um, my first working edition of Thousand Tales. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Boy, that means I've been working on the system for almost three and a half years now. Yeah, by the time you, uh, by by the time we did Operation Santa Drop, that was two years ago. That was two years ago. Uh, so in in that form, yeah, that was two years past, uh, and uh, and that was right before we. That was right after we had talked about uh, basically Savage Worlds and City of Mist. So it's funny that you're going back to that <laughs> now uh, yeah. to to talk about that. So it's weird how that all kind of works around. My 2018 slate of shows is coming back now. <laughs> all of a sudden, that's funny. That's that's fascinating. That's crazy. This was around the same time that we talked about the first capers. That's weird. <laughs> How long ago did we talk about capers for the first time? <laughs> it wasn't long after we did Satine's interview. That's cool. Uh, or Matt Leacock. <laughs> that was a big year for us. 2018, 2018 was a big year. Um, uh, 2020, not so much. But 2018, that was, <laughs> that was a big year. Uh, so, yeah. Go back, check out those uh, those interviews. Um, that was really interesting. I think in the original Capers one, Craig explained a little bit more about the system, and in the uh, the later ones, he, he talked about some of the other ways that they were implemented. But uh, yeah, I think we got a pretty good idea of um, how the system worked by talking to uh, a meet in those uh, episodes. So there's your required listening for the for the month. Sorry. Yep. That's always a good thing. Nope. Yeah, Gives me lots of ways to think about and start working on my, uh, how I might want to advance my own project further. So can't complain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's great stuff. Uh, and, uh, I don't know if there's anything else that's kind of in that vein that I might be able to recommend from stuff that we've done. Uh, Probably, probably not off the top of my head. But if I think of anything, I'll make sure to uh, list it there. We've talked a lot about different systems that were uh, <laughs> that were that were very abstract in in their uh, thought process. So uh, if I if I think of anything, it's hard to remember all the episodes we've done. It's there's been a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been so many. Maybe too many. I don't. I'm know. still catching up. <laughs> there's, there's been so many. I've, we've we've literally had episodes I referred uh, that I called radioactive zoology. At a certain point, you know, I don't even know what to do with this. <laughs> but we've 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 talked about a whole bunch of things. Um, oh yeah, you know, if you happen to be looking at it, something you may. Was it this one? If you're looking for kind of abstract systems, if you're looking for 
Um, if, if, if you're looking for things that are more in a narrative vein for abstract systems, there's another, there's another episode that was a lot of fun, that uh, Delve 130, episode 130, which was scenes from a very fancy hat, and we did have another episode after that with Ed Turner. Um, and Ed, Ed's really, really interesting because he does mostly narrative-focused, like, RPG games. And that was a game called, by the author of Lady Windermere's Fan. And it was basically uh, a game that was about an improvisational Oscar Wilde play. Uh, and, uh, and, and I thought that that was just a fascinating idea for both uh, a narrative focus game and just in general, uh, a fascinating way to try and figure out the mechanics of so if you're interested in stuff that's a little bit more abstract and real out there, you can't get much more out there than that for for um, for mechanics. It's very simple mechanics the way that he laid it out, um, but just the the concept of how they do scenes and and figure out how successful you are in scenes. I thought that was very interesting, and it, it's a lot of fun. That was just a fun episode too. So, I'm trying to find things for you to listen to, James. I'm trying to keep you busy. Always a good thing. I like like being busy, especially when it comes to good RPGs and getting to know them a little better. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've talked about a lot of different things. I can't say what else I would recommend if you're looking for outside the box stuff, especially uh many of these were were D&D related. Um but uh Tiny Sword Smash. I don't even remember half of these games. I mean, I didn't say that. No, I remember every one of these. They were very important to me. <laughs> Sorry, James. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, th- all these games were very important to me. I didn't mean anything by that. Don't, don't, don't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> I, <coughs> I love all of your games, whether I remember them or not. Anywho, um, what? Why did I have an episode called Popular Cheese? You know. There was a game, and it was supposed to be, I think, about picking a pope. And and Alex was naming them at the time. So now we have an episode called Popular Cheese. It's probably much better that we don't think about it too much. Any, uh, anyway, <laughs> but that that's good. So I'll make sure to check in on you next month if you happen to be by. And we'll see how your early playtesting of the new revamped version of Thousand Tales is going. Yeah. Hopefully well. That's the dream. <laughs> that is definitely the dream. Uh, okay. I think... I don't think I had anything else. I, uh, I probably did, but then I forgot about it five minutes in, so... <laughs> so here we are. Um... <laughs> Oh, right. Hive Queen and Country. 
that was a game where arthropods came down and you had to battle them. And there was also stuff that was happening on Venus. That was good stuff. Anyway, um... I, I, I'm sorry? Yes. What, what did you just... There was, um... There was a game... <laughs> um... Uh... 65 as I go back now that I've had to go back and look at the archives I was trying to find those those titles for you um, I I then started looking at different episodes and was like why did we name the things this and I'm realizing right hive queen and country which was a game that basically included giant space bugs and science fiction and Victorian era battles and there was also stuff that happened on Venus. So, yep. Wow. Yep. That's definitely a, a, a creative setting for sure. Yep. Pretty great. Oh. There's uh, giant yeah. arthropods that come that to Earth. Sounds like. The only valid thing that could ever come to Earth. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was fascinating. We got to learn about Babbage engines. He was a font of information. Very happy about that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I don't really know where I was going with that, but uh, you know, we had we had fun. I guess <laughs> my takeaway from all of this. We had fun, folks. Been a great, been been a great ride so far. We, uh, as we get to the end of 2020, and I start looking at uh, all of our early episodes, and oh God, our early episodes. Uh, why did we do? Why did we do some of these? I, I don't know. Some of these episodes. Don't listen to some of these episodes. Some of these are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Some I don't of the know. I remember really enjoying the Fluffernutter episode. Oh, the Fluffernutter episode? Yeah. That's that's always a good one. Um there's what did we do? Picking up the piece. Oh yeah, Alex and I are both aware of that. Episodes like thirty and thirty one, borderline and picking up the pieces. It was at that point we had started to run out of ideas. And so we had one that where we were just talking about the layout of game boards and then what you can do for uh, game pieces on your board. <laughs> we, we, really, we really didn't have ideas those two <laughs> days. I actually remember that being a really informative episode for me. Really? Because I, was, <laughs> yeah. because I was just starting to get into, like, the process. At, because... You gotta remember when I initially started listening to these episodes is when I was really starting to dig deep into game design. So I actually ended up pretty much going through the process of designing my game as I listened to each um, part of um, oh each of the early episodes. So oh yeah. I think it was about that time I was actually starting to work on like what I wanted, like my pieces and tactical combat and the boards and all of that to start looking like for a thousand tales. And it's all stuff I, like, I never used, but I learned so much from, like, that process and listening right. to the podcast. Oh, good. Oh, good. 
if we, if we were actually useful. Wow, I'm surprised. Okay, cool. Um, you hear, you hear that world? I actually, we we did something and it was useful to somebody. So congratulations. Um, yeah. Yay. You did stuff. You did stuff, and it actually mattered for for people. So yeah. Take that invisible person who didn't actually say anything. Take, take that, take that, whoever is trying to be mean. I like just trying to point to people who are uh, made up people who are trying to keep me down and tell them, no, you can't keep me down. The man. Yeah, take that voice in my head. You can't <laughs> win this one. Um. So good, good. I'm I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that that those episodes m meant something to you. Because when I was recording them, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, we're really we're we're, we're stretching a little thin right now." <laughs> um, but um, th that's actually when we started doing more interviews because because it was very interesting to get to talk to people about uh, unique gaming experiences. Like, the next ones we did right after that were with um, Morgan Jenkins uh, from Going In right. Blind, and those were, those were great, um, talking about accessibility issues. Um, but, uh, but good. I'm glad, I'm glad you got something out of it, because, um, because, because I was worried. <laughs> it didn't make much sense at all. Uh, but, um, you know, as I start to realize that we're going to be coming up, oh, no, we're past that, is that our first episode way back when was on March 23rd, 2015, and that was just, oh. yeah, it's been over five years, folks. It's, it, damn. Be over five years anniversary, because it's still March, so. Yeah. How many hours Oh jeez! Because you guys release once a week, right? Mostly. More or less. More or less. Yeah. yeah. We've we've missed some this year, but uh, and it's. I think. Let's see here. I think forty-five minutes is about the average on an episode. Sometimes they go about an hour, but. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. Um, yeah, I'd say probably thirty, forty-five minutes, something like that, and. We're at 260 episodes, not including live episodes and specials and spotlights. Um, so, yeah, that's um, probably a few weeks worth of content. <laughs> if you were listening straight through, <laughs> probably a few weeks straight. Um, yeah, uh, and it, in, in terms of uh, how much time it took me to put together... <laughs> Um, eh, probably well, about uh, 12 days if you listen for 16 hours a day, which is a lot. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not bad. No, no, you can, you, what, what you, what you folks want to do out there if you're just listening to this now and you haven't gotten a chance to listen to any other episodes of the show, um, binge it, go for it. You may possibly be done by the time we reconvene here in January. Um, <laughs> maybe you will. I don't know. 
It's not likely, but who knows? If you have... I mean, I'm on... There's really nothing better for me to do. I might as well give it a shot. Sure. Might as well. Uh, the listening challenge has been dropped. The listening challenge has been dropped. That's right. Uh, anybody who wants to, to hear uh, all of those episodes. All Delve December. <laughs> Delve Sember? It's Delve Sember, everybody. Delve Sember. Mm-hmm. I like it. Take the Delve challenge. Delve in. See everything that we've talked about. I'm telling you right now, it's a scary prospect. You are going to learn about weird giraffes. You are going to learn about ghosts. You are going to learn about uh, small people that live under floorboards. You are going to learn about a lot of different kinds of capers. You're going <laughs> to learn about vampires and werewolves and candles. Yes, candles you are going to learn about. There's, there's heroes, villains. Yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. There are aliens. There are lasers and liches. Lasers and liches. Both of those. And there's a Santa. And Snowball saves the day. These are all things that actually happen in the show. And it's scary. It's very scary. I learned how to pronounce Scherzando. That happened. I. <laughs> There's been a lot of the, stuff happened, folks. Stuff happened. Um, but um, I was a robot AI in outer space. So much stuff. So much stuff. It's scary. I missed that part. Uh, you missed the part where I was a robot AI in outer space. I. Oh, uh, transit. Uh, we uh, Fiddleback came onto the show and uh, and talked about Transit when he was finished with it, and uh, that is actually a game that's uh, powered by the Apocalypse game, where um, you you actually play the AI of a spaceship. Yep. I love. That. Yep. Uh, here's another one for you to listen to. Then, uh, one sixty nine. Ooh. 69. 69. 69. Yeah. Nice. nice. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Transit oh, talk with Fiddleback. Fun. It's been about three hours. Oh, yes. It certainly has. And that's long enough. <laughs> um, we're, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up, actually. And, um... Uh, I want to thank uh, James, and uh, I want to thank DC for uh, coming by on the show. Thank you both for joining me. Hey, thanks for having a show where you open it up to everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a whole lot more fun than if I was sitting here talking to myself, which was the first, like, 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and no one enjoyed it, especially me. Um, but uh, thank you so much, and uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Uh, and I'm hoping, if I don't hear from everybody, that you have a happy and healthy holiday season. And uh, we will see you in 2021. Bye, everybody.